Hello and welcome to Downtime Podcast episode 144. Today I have a very, very, very special guest, um, Twitch streamer, DJB. Welcome, DJB. <laughs> What's up? How's it going, bro? Going well. Going well. How are you? How like today? Today the air quality in the Bay Area seems to be a lot better. Yeah, yeah, it's surprising. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm worried about. Um, it's uh, becoming, you know, like, because fires tend to happen uh, a lot, uh, you know, on this time of year here in California, it seems like it's kind of a routine now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like I've... last year. Oh, yeah. It's like, a, it's now like a yearly thing since 2017, I think. Oh, gosh. Has it been like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh. Yeah, so. I bought an air purifier the year after because I, like, I knew that there were going to be fires again for some reason and I bought it and I was like, okay, I think this is a good investment. Turned out it's been a really good investment because they happen every year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I have one running almost all the time in my apartment. <laughs> no, same. Honestly, I, I even have it when it's not outside, like when it's not smoky outside because I think it's just beneficial to have a nice clean apartment you know just air air quality wise you want to come into a place that you can breathe easy yeah do you have do you have air conditioning no so because i live in neither do i yeah <laughs> I, I think it might be just a bay area thing because well especially for san francisco from what i noticed a lot of houses don't have it because it's so cold here most of the time so they're like we don't need you guys to have air conditioning because it's so cold but sure, sure. we do need it sometimes <laughs> it does get hot um yeah, the house. Well, because like, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just gonna say that the house uh, I'm in was built in 1929, so I think that's one of the reasons why there isn't any modern air conditioning. Yeah, I think for my place, um, I don't know how old it is, but I just know that like, when the fires were going on and it was so hot, uh, maybe like what two weeks ago, and there was no air conditioning and we couldn't keep the windows open, which is usually what keeps us cool. And so we were just kind of baking inside and I had to do a few streams um, on Twitch. And, you know, the, it's the worst when you're streaming and you're just dripping beads of sweat, but you're, you're so uncomfortable, but you can't do anything about it. Oh, man. So, yeah, that was like, are you talking about like a recent experience? Yeah. And uh, what was it like two weeks ago where the fires were still going on oh. and it was really ashy and um and I had to keep the windows closed while I was streaming. And, you know, I turned the fans off because I don't want that, like, to come in on the microphone audio. So. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I was just I was just kind of baking in my apartment at, like, 80-something degrees. <laughs> Dude, no, I, I feel you. I, I wasn't, like, doing anything extensive in my house. And I was just sitting playing Breath of the Wild and I was still baking. And I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> All my windows are closed. I need a fan. Yeah, it's... um. I'm just happy now that it's clear. I'm 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 not like choking on smoke. I can actually go outside and grab groceries as opposed to just like waiting it out. Because there was a time a couple weeks ago when I was like, okay, it's gonna get better tomorrow. It would always get worse and worse and worse until I was like, all right, I think I'm just gonna have to like wait. Because I was like ordering food almost every day, and I just yeah, I, I wanted to cook. I missed cooking at that point. That's something I actually picked up. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Uh, just yeah like cooking uh, we're going what on six months of quarantine lockdown 
you know mm-hmm. it's been an interesting year you know what i'm saying but uh but that's definitely something that i've picked up since i, I i'm i'm the kind of person that likes to go out and try different foods at different restaurants but kind of had to adjust that and and like i i um i've been cooking a little bit uh more than i used to which is <laughs> and when i used to uh, i didn't actually cook that much at all so yeah what are you what are you cooking now tell me uh well um uh my uh, my wifey and I we've been uh, ordering HelloFresh, so you know uh, those those come in like it's like one of those things where you order um, and then they they deliver the ingredients and everything that you need the protein and all that stuff in the box, and then you know you order like maybe like what two or three meals a week at least that's what we do mm-hmm. and and um, they just it's 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 cool because it's fresh ingredients and they tell you exactly uh they give you all the ingredients that you need they tell you step by step how to make it and and that's something i appreciate from someone for someone who doesn't really have a lot of cooking experience it's it's simple and it's easy to follow and it comes out pretty well at least i think so <laughs> oh cool like is it like um what is it there's another service like that i think it was uh uh, something kitchen oh, blue apron, blue apron. there we oh. go yeah. have you ever tried that i haven't no i've only tried hello fresh so far but i know there's a lot of them how would you rate hello fresh out of 10 uh, 10 being the highest y- <laughs> uh you know i would say eight actually oh wow eight out of ten yeah <laughs> that's not like an ign score right like that's a genuine eight out of ten <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, user Metacritic score. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I that sounds pretty good. I think I might try that one day. That sounds awesome. Do it. Um, dope, man, dope. Um, glad you're doing well. Glad you're surviving through the smoke and through this crazy pandemic that we have going on. You too, man. Um, but we should get right into some of the gaming stuff. So to kick it off. Tell me and uh, the listeners what, what you're playing. What are you playing? I know you're you're a big Valorant guy, because I see you playing it <laughs> yeah. on Twitch a lot. But um, yeah, tell me tell me about that. What else are you playing? Well, Valorant, yes, um, that's that was a game that like uh, I didn't even think I would like. I I was really big into Overwatch at one point, mm. and um, and there was a point. I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you you've played a game and you 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 believed you'd play that game for the rest of your life. I felt that way about Overwatch. Um, and But unfortunately, like the toxicity kind of killed it for me. Um, and, and the way that the game is, is kind of lends to toxicity, I think, because there's a lot of people on Overwatch that they, they can climb in like the, um, the ranks, but they may not necessarily still properly understand the game. At least that's how I feel regarding overwatch so so that's what killed it for me and then i saw valorant and i was like you know what even though it on like visually it looks like a poor man's version of overwatch (laughs) Uh, yeah i i i was i i picked it up i played it because a lot of my friends on twitch um were playing it and i actually uh i actually loved it you know something i could wrap my head around and it felt a little more um uh, competitive in that sense where, you know, you can't really climb unless you properly understand the game. So yeah, Valorant is uh, a game that I really have been enjoying lately. Um, uh, I've been playing, we played Among Us, not, uh, what was it, last Friday? <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was pretty fun. Um, yeah. Uh, 
uh, and I um, have also been playing uh, The Last of Us 2. I'm on my first playthrough. So please no spoilers. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I um yeah. my my host and I we were going to do a spoiler cast. So I'm glad that um we haven't done it yet. <laughs> I, I it's still kind of fresh in my mind and I I was watching some of your stream. Um man, yeah. It's uh okay. It's 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 good. I mean, I don't know what you think right now, but it's going to get Oh, dude. Yeah, okay. I I am I'm absorbing every minute of it, honestly. I you know, I know that I I've I've thankfully been able to stay relatively spoiler free on it um and and even like when i was streaming it uh just last night um i i was scared to do so because i didn't want any trolls coming in and just being like so and so dies you know (laughs) but uh yeah (laughs) my god but um but yeah i I've, i've been okay so far um uh and uh i've i've really just been enjoying like um the the visual details uh, the music, uh, just the design, the way the nuances of the design of the game, you know, like never mind. I know everyone's like in a in a they got their panties in a twist over the story. I'm not really paying attention to that too much yet. I'll I'll probably assess that once I'm done with the game. But for now, I just kind of want to, you know, take in every aspect that I enjoy about the game and just kind of appreciate it for what it is. It's funny you mentioned that. I was also in the same boat i did my best to avoid spoilers i don't think it was that hard either because i just would not look at you know i wouldn't look at reddit in the specific threads i wouldn't look on twitter at the specific you know like hashtag tweets that are for the last of us i i tried to avoid all that as much as possible and, and it worked because i went into the game pretty much blind i didn't really watch too many trailers i watched that one like playstation uh i keep forgetting the name of it but like they did like a whole like featurette on kind of the making of the game but also an introductory and a uh, a little like insight into one of the levels like a playthrough um i like you went into it just like thinking okay this is just going to be one of those games i did know about like um all the the hate for the story and right when i started playing it and then after i finished the game i i understood it but at the same time i didn't care because i had a good time <laughs> so I I don't know what your feelings will be once you finish it, but I'm happy to hear that you're enjoying it so far because it is a pretty solid game gameplay-wise. Well, one thing I've been asking people that come into my streams when I'm um, playing Last of Us 2 is um, how, which, which game, if you've beat it, like which game do you prefer? Or which game did you like better, Last of Us 1 or Last of Us 2? Are you asking me like, I, I did play both and beat both. Are you asking like story-wise or like everything overall for both? Uh, I think, hmm, yeah, we, let's say everything overall. Um, oh man, I, despite everything I just told you, I, I do like the first one more than the second one, mainly because I felt like the, mm-hmm. the second one wasn't needed. The first one had a lot of really good things and it had like a really like timeless story and I, that I think didn't need a sequel, much like a lot of Pixar sure. movies. When you watch them, you're like, oh wow, this is great. It had a... It wrapped up the ending perfectly, uh, albeit, you know, the ending of the first game wasn't perfect, but I felt like oh, yeah, yeah. they didn't need to continue it. I felt like they could have left it open-ended, but at the same time, they're a company and money, <laughs> you know? Um, video games are a business still at the end of the day, despite, you know, everyone's creative and artistic endeavors that happen within that industry. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, a sequel was inevitable and... 
it happened. So that there it is. But I, I'm still going to say I liked the first game a lot more gameplay and story-wise as opposed to the second one. Not to say that the second one isn't perfect, isn't like bad, but it's also not perfect. It's it's a really entertaining game overall. And I, th- I think it plays really well um, gameplay-wise. Yeah, you know, I, I actually kind of have been already getting those vibes. I, I appreciate, like, how faithful um, the second one is so far. Like, it's hitting a lot of the tones that I remember um, from the first game. Uh, you know, I as soon as I jumped into the, uh, the second game, like, I already started, like, um, remembering a lot of the scenes from the first game because it just felt so similar. And, uh, and I appreciate all that, but like you I'm, i felt as though like the open ending of the first game was was actually in a lot of ways like um just that was a great place to put it to leave it at you know it's up to you to figure out and decide where what happens to them afterwards you know what i'm saying but mm-hmm. but still it's i i'm enjoying the fact that i can jump back into that world of the last of us even though i am a little bit of a germaphobe (laughs) and so seeing these infection um like fungal infested creatures just coming at me just one of my worst nightmares but (laughs) oh man if you feel that way there's gonna be some parts later on where you're just gonna cringe because there's a part where it's just everywhere and you're like, I don't know what to do because that's how I felt. I was like, oh, my God, everything is everywhere. Like all these fungi are everywhere and I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I, all right, I'm ready for yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to mentally prepare yourself. Like there'll be kind of a cue, kind of a warning and dialogue between the characters. And you're just like, fuck, I know what, it's, what I have to do. I have to go there. I have to go in there. But you'll you'll get that to that point. I, I hope that you get through it. <laughs> Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. But I'm I'm happy to hear you're enjoying it. When when's the the next time you're going to be playing it on stream? Um, you know, I'd like to pl- probably play it. I've been playing it fairly low key and late at night because you know, <laughs> part of the reason for doing that is because I was trying to avoid like too many people coming through. I didn't want any um uh I know it's weird for a Twitch streamer to say like I don't want that many people to come through. Yeah, yeah. But for a game like for a game like that, like I I just kind of want to enjoy the experience um and uh and not get any spoilers and not get any trolls, but um yeah, I I I probably will play it like um I don't know, maybe maybe the other night. I usually stream on Mondays um and uh Fridays and occasionally on weekends, so um, any time, any other, any other times that I stream, it's usually just kind of like a, uh, a bonus stream and I'll just, you know, post about it. I'm going live in half an hour with this such and such game. So, oh yeah, for sure. I remember seeing the first part of your stream was like at one thirty in the morning. <laughs> I was like, Whoa, <laughs> wait, what? Uh, did I read that correctly? Correctly. And then the next part of your stream was at like 4am. I was like, wow, I think I missed that part <laughs> for sure. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I understand because you don't want people to just come in there and be like, hey, guess what happens? I know you touched on that in the beginning, but you're like, yeah, you kind of miss that, that like 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. crowd. That's just like, hey, I'm looking for something to watch on Twitch. This guy's playing The Last of Us. Why don't I just ruin his day? You know? Sure, sure. But you know, the beauty about Twitch is that like um, what may be like 4 a.m. for us is kind of like prime time for, say, uh, people in the oceanic region. And <laughs> so um, I used to actually when I first started streaming on Twitch, I uh, I streamed late at night um, and 
And so a lot of my community became um, people from New Zealand, uh, Australia. Mm. <laughs> so, so it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's really, really cool. That, and I, I, I have caught quite a few of your streams and yeah, you, you know, a lot of the people in there, not just personally, but like, you know, from, from the audience that watches you. Um, and that's really cool that you can connect to people from around the world with, with what you do. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably one of the better things about Twitch and it's something that I'm very thankful about considering that we all have to social distance these days and I can't really see a lot of my close friends that I'm used to seeing in person. Um, and so I've actually gotten, I think like my closer friends right now are my Twitch friends. <laughs> Dude, I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. One of my, um, one of my friends, Nikki, she goes by squeaky on Twitch. She actually connected with someone, uh, like from her high school days on that was watching her on Twitch and she's like, Oh wow. I think I know you. And then, wow. yeah, now he's like a regular viewer of her. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, man. I, I, it's something that like I learned for, from just doing Twitch. It, it's just one of those things where it's like, um, it felt a lot more like a social media type platform in some ways, uh, streaming on Twitch mm -hmm. rather than, you know, an actual, uh, like, like YouTube, for example, like it's just some content creators just making content. Like, yeah, there's that aspect of Twitch, but there's still the aspect of like, like going to somebody's Twitch stream is kind of like going to someone's timeline and seeing what they've been up to. You know, that's, that's, that's something that I learned just by doing Twitch. Oh yeah, for sure. No, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, dope, man. We, I do want to talk more Twitch stuff with you, but I kind of want to save that for later. Um, sure, sure. So aside from Valorant and The Last of Us Part 2, what else do you have on your plate? What else is, what else is going on? Uh, I've recently started doing, um, music, um, streams. And so that's, uh, something that I've been having a lot of fun with. But um, as far as just games and just gaming, um, like things that I haven't really been streaming, I've been playing uh, Remnant from the Ashes, um, which, you know, was it was free on Epic Games like last month, I think. Mm -hmm. So um, so I've just been playing that with some friends and that's pretty fun. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like a post apocalyptic type thing steampunk type game um and uh it's it's got like rpg elements where you you level up your weapons and your um you have skill trees and and things like that and uh you're grinding for some some gear here and there but it's not like too much of a grind like it's not like destiny where you like you have to you know uh farm bosses for drops to increase your light level but um right but yeah, that's it's been fun. It's like a multi a co-op uh like I think three players, three people can um squad up and take on a dungeon. You know, that's been pretty that's been pretty fun. And of course, I also play like GTA 5 just, you know, here here and there on the side just for just for kicks cuz everyone loves GTA. <laughs> oh yeah. Um so I I would go back to GTA sometimes just to like just to like drive the cars around. Or like, just to like, to shoot people. I don't know. Like just to vent out my frustrations. 
Yeah, I my character, I I made him to be a sleazy Filipino uncle. And so oh, wow. he has the he has the gold chains and the gold watch and like <laughs> he shows a lot of chest hair and he um he has a he has a, a low rider. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. That's so cool. And, also, <laughs> and I have a van like um you know, one of those uh what, what do you streamliner type vans and um <laughs> and uh, it's got hydraulics on it. It's just it's just pretty hilarious. I know a lot of people like those super fast speedster cars on GTA, but I, I think I just went all in on like my character's um or my my um well, my character's character on GTA. Uh. I was like, okay. <laughs> This guy's a sleazy Filipino uncle. He's going to live in like this middle class apartment, have some, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, gaudy looking cars and stuff. You know, it's been pretty fun. <laughs> That's awesome. You're committed to the role. I really like that. Exactly. <laughs> have you ever thought about joining like one of those like GTA RP servers? Oh, man, I get tempted from time to time, but I don't know if I could constantly keep up the accent. If I was going to be a Filipino uncle, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. And then you have to like play like almost every day and that's that can get like really taxing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I, I, after a while, you might break character. You're like, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just want to breathe for a minute, guys. Yeah. You're just like, I got to go. I got to take a breather. I got to go sit down. <laughs> Um, I thought about it too, and I was like, mm, like I don't know how good my acting skills are as, as far as like committing to one kind of character, but uh, I don't think I, I'd be able to do it as well. I know some people on Twitch though that that be killing it in the um, the RP GTA scene, you know. Oh yeah, so. yeah. Mad props to them. That that takes a lot of work. Right. I um for my my online character, I don't really have a specific role, but I do. Like you mentioned how a lot of people like to collect like the fast supercars. I I like the older 90s cars <laughs> that are featured in the oh, game. Yeah. So I have a lot of like <laughs> those Fast and Fur- Furious inspired cars um, just because like, I don't know, they look cool. I've always been a fan of like the the those 90s rice rockets. So I have a few of them in my garage. Because <laughs> why not? Yeah, I mean, that's. That's the era that we grew up in, right? Those were the those were the cars that were fly back in the day. Oh yeah, and I couldn't have them then, but I can have them virtually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're also like super cheap in the game because like no one really buys them, and no one really they're like you know supposed to be just starter cars. So I'm just like, all right, cool. <laughs> if I want to fill my garage, I'm gonna fill it with these. Yeah, it's funny because I was playing with some friends the other day, and like they they we all met up in like the middle of the map, and um. I like they all rolled up in their their super like tricked out like rice rocket cars or whatever speedster cars and I come rolling in on like this Vespa you know <laughs> like this little moped thing <laughs> that I tricked out and they were all envious hilariously like and I was like guys it's only like five thousand dollars in the in the online store uh, I mean, in-game right, currency, right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, oh, my God. <laughs> Which is nothing in GTA. You you can toss that. You, you can wipe your butt with that one in GTA. So they all just got, we all just got a bunch of, a bunch of those, and we were just rolling around uh, the map, Los Santos. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I love that. Like, I hate it when people just, like, drive around and start shooting you. I'm like, okay, I get that it's GTA, but, like, yeah. come on, man. Like, there's more to this game than just that. Like, we could all have fun. This is supposed to be an open world like living breathing world and you're kind of just like ruining it 
Yeah. And then, and then when you die, it's like, you can't let it go. You have to like, try to hunt this guy down and kill him. And then you can log off. (laughs) Yo, no, I, I've done that so many times. (laughs) Not even joking. Like my friend and I were just like testing the game out recently. And he's like, yeah, I just bought it. I just want to like see what's up. So we're just driving around. We didn't turn passive mode on because we just wanted the full, the full experience. And then like he died and he's like, okay, we got to kill that guy. I'm like, yep. And he kills me. And he's like, yep, we really got to kill that guy. So we, we found him. We, we just kept shooting rockets at his armored car and then it finally exploded. And then we were like, okay, let's move to a different server. (laughs) Like this is (laughs) nice. Got the revenge. Yeah. We just, we just need that, that validation, that justification. And then we were like, all right, we can move on. Um, dope dude. So sounds like you got a full plate. Any other games that you're on right now? Hmm. I mean, I know that I have purchased the Avengers game. Oh. I just know that like because I'm playing all these other games, I don't want to dive into it because I know that one's a grind as well. I'm looking forward to getting into it, but um, you know, uh it's it's something that I I wanna I think I wanna beat Last of Us too before I dive into Avengers. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I think you might need something happy after you finish it because The Last of Us is it no 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 spoilers no it's, spoilers. it's just not oh no 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 i'm not gonna spoil <laughs> okay, anything okay. for you it's just okay, okay okay i mean you kind of already can tell that it's it's like going in a certain it's direction not a happy ending. yeah it's just <laughs> no no i wouldn't say that it's not a happy ending i wouldn't i would say that it's just not happy in general like you can kind of feel that already from playing oh, yeah. the game like yeah, sure sure the tone and the um just the world itself i mean even if there is that quote-unquote happy ending it's still a messed up world, you know? Oh, absolutely. Like the world that they have to live in. So, and everyone, everyone talks like this for some reason, (laughs) low, low voices. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like after that game, you definitely need to like play the Avengers. Um, in my case, and if you haven't played it yet, I played ghost of Tsushima after I finished the last of us and ghost of Tsushima isn't a happy game either, but you do feel better playing that game because you feel like you're doing a lot more things and you feel like you're you're like a hero in a sense like i recommend that game to you because it's i don't know if you've heard too much about it but it's like an open world game where you're a samurai slash ninja yeah I've, 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 i've watched a few um people stream it and i do i do like the art style and the combat looks really fun and everything um and i you know i'm i'm a fan of like uh samurai era type uh type stuff Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one of those games also where I know it's like, it's a big commitment, uh, as a single player campaign. And so I, you know, I, I, I try to avoid like digital hoarding as they say, <laughs> as soon as a game drops, you know, you just want to get it. And then it just sits in your, um, on your hard drive because you just don't really have the, the time commitment or the mental capacity to like split your attention to multiple different, uh, campaign type games. So. So yeah, I'll I'll get it eventually, and hopefully when I'm ready for it, it'll be on sale. <laughs> oh yeah, no for sure, for sure. Like this is Ghost of Tsushima. You can't really spoil the game. Um, people that play it, I feel like aren't gonna like go online and try to spoil it for you in their chat or in your chat. Sorry. Um, sure. Because it's it's definitely one of those games that, like you just said, is inspired by samurai genre, the samurai movie genre, as well as like samurai literature and um what have you so when you when you do get the chance to play it i i know you'll love it Uh, i honestly could not put that game down after i started playing it 
Like that's the only thing I thought about, and that's like the only game I played until I beat it. And I do have to say too, that game is very easy to platinum, surprisingly. Ooh, okay, that's always a good plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, also, are you a trophy hunter? Not too much. I've only like completed, I've only platinum two games. One recently, as I just mentioned, was Ghost of Tsushima, and the other one was Sleeping Dogs Remastered. Oh, nice. I love that game, man. Oh, oh my God. I'm so happy. Oh, my God. I I haven't met too many people that have played it or at least played it and loved it. And I really, really like that game. Yeah, no, because I was on like this, this whole like I was watching a lot of Asian dramas around the time Sleeping Dogs came out. Oh, my God. Me too. (laughs) Oh, my God. So I was like, this is exactly what I want to play. (laughs) Yo, no, me too. And and. To top it off, the main character Wei Shen, he's from San Francisco, which is even cooler. Yeah. So it's yeah, I was when I bought that game, I was totally inspired um, from what I was watching as well, and I was like, I gotta play this, and I I fucking loved every minute of it. Yeah, well, if you're if you are looking for easy platinums, the Telltale games. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's there's nothing really you have to do other than just beat the game, and you get a platinum. So oh my god. <laughs> So there's a there's a tip for you guys if you're trophy hunters. There you <laughs> Play go. the Telltale games, you'll get like five platinums. Okay, I am. Um, okay, I'm gonna look into it. <laughs> I I have one of them, um, Tales from the Borderlands, and I haven't really started it. Yeah, rest in peace to that company. Oh, it's too bad, you know. I know, right? There's just so much mishandled, like politics going on within that company. It's it's insane. Sure, sure. Um, all right. On my end, um, I'm playing Dead by Daylight. I'm sure I've talked about this with you before, and you're probably kind of familiar with it. <laughs> it's um asymmetrical horror game where there's five players. One of them's the killer. Four of them are the survivors. They have to do objectives to escape, and the killer just has to kill all the survivors to win. It is... So, for me, you mentioned when we started this podcast that um, you had a game like Overwatch that you felt like you were going to play forever, right? Yeah. So I've been playing Dead by Daylight for a year, and that's how I feel about the game. I feel like I'm going to play this for a long time, and I've said that nice. numerous times on this podcast, and I've still stuck to that. I'm still kind of sticking to that word because it's a game that I enjoy playing still. Don't get me wrong. I love this game, but I also love to hate this game. There's a lot of issues. Oh, that, <laughs> that's how it is, man. That's how it is. Yeah. And I felt the same way with Overwatch. Oh, yeah. You mentioned Toxic Community. Definitely Dead by Daylight has that. And at one point earlier this year, you know, being stuck inside, being in quarantine, that was getting to me. But also, like, all the people that I, that we were facing, like, in the post-game chat were just being so toxic. I Mentally, I was like, I don't know if I can play this for a little... Like, I need to take a break. So I took, like, a little bit of a break from the game, like, a couple days. And then I came back feeling better and refreshed. Um, luckily, I have a very supportive team that I play with. We, we, there's four of us that are consistently... You know, enjoying the game. Two of them have been, have over a thousand hours playing it. Um, another one of our teammates started when I played the game, so he and I have seen a lot of the changes, um, parallel to you know what we're playing now. But the other two that are veterans in the game, they've definitely seen a lot more changes, and they're kind of frustrated with it. It's interesting because this is a game that has changed so much that things were so different back when I started playing it, and now I I look back and I'm like, wow. This game is kind of not totally different, but like mechanically, a lot of the the perks, a lot of the items that you use are are totally different. And it's I don't know how to explain it. Like 
I don't know if it's a good thing necessarily like that I'm that I still feel like I want to keep playing this game because I know that it's it's becoming trash <laughs> but I still love the trash. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> sure, sure, of course. <laughs> uh, Do you ever play the monster? Yeah, I have a couple times. Um I like to play Ghostface and um Jay uh not Jason. Uh uh what's his face from the Halloween movies? Michael Myers. I like playing sneaky characters. So, um those are the two that I like playing as uh, I'm not very good as the killer, but I'm b- more of a survivor type of player. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, that's always going to be a game that I think I'll play for the foreseeable future. Mainly, It's mainly fueled by the friends that I play with because they're so supportive and they're so like, they're so into the game. Like maybe not, a, not as much as um they used to be but like i think more than me still which is a good thing you know sure sure um uh, that's how it's like my brother felt about destiny for a little bit he he's like super into destiny too and um yeah he was like i really like this game but he like plays with a really good group of people and that's what makes him keep going back to the game despite the game like you know despite getting to a point where you feel comfortable, like maybe I can move on to something else. He still goes back because his friends are like, Hey, let's do a raid or Hey, let's do this. Um, that's kind of, yeah, yeah. that's kind of how I feel about dead by daylight. It's like, Oh, you guys want to play? All right, cool. We'll play that. Yeah. And I think like for me, overwatch is always going to be there. I'll probably get back on it when overwatch two comes out and I'll probably have a lot of fun with that. And I know that like if, if a bunch of friends of mine were like, yo, let's, let's fire up Overwatch and start playing Overwatch again, I'll probably, I'd probably do it right away, you know? So, I mean, even though it's been months since I've last played Overwatch, I probably will jump back into it again. It's really all a matter of just like, you know, just playing with your friends and, and having some people that, you know, enjoy it as well. So, yeah, yeah. There's that camaraderie, you know, you're building that kinship. Um, I think that's really important when you're playing a game. Um, aside from Dead by Daylight, um, I've been playing Animal Crossing, but I've been kind of backing off from playing too much of it. Um, I kind of play just like 10 minutes a day and then I just stop because I'm at a point now where I'm like really comfortable with the game. I, I fleshed out my, my town, my island. Um, I, I'm happy with the villagers I have. I'm happy with how my house looks, how my island looks. So I kind of just like do my daily things and then I just turn it off. <laughs> are you, yeah. are you playing animal crossing? No, I have not played animal crossing. I did buy it for, um, uh, for my wifey. Um, and she enjoyed it for a, a good period of time. Um, she hasn't really been playing it much uh, lately, but I, I do like enjoy seeing her play because she's not much of a gamer. She never really played video games growing up. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. But, okay. But it's something that she really enjoyed playing. And I, I also appreciate the fact that, like, even my nephew, who's five years old, loves the game. <laughs> That's all he wants to do. If he's not playing Animal Crossing, like, he wants to, he wants to, like, watch videos about Animal Crossing on, like, on, um, on YouTube or something on his iPad. Um, but it's because he's also obsessed with bugs. Oh. That's his interest. So he likes just catching all the bugs and, like, going to, um... Uh, what is it? The museum where Blathers is, and just like seeing all the bugs that he's caught and stuff. So, that's cool. That's that's yeah. that's really wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah. that. It's a great game, honestly. I I I I probably 
um, would have a lot of fun if I dove into it. But again, it's also like, do I really want to commit all of this attention to that one game? Because I know I'm going to want to play it a lot, you know, so. Yeah, no, absolutely. I um, I definitely felt that way when I got it. I got it at launch um, and I have been playing it almost every day since then. So I, I, I did get in. There was a point where I got really, like, really invested into it. My um, my workplace also had a Slack channel dedicated to just Animal Crossing, and there was like, I don't know, like wow. thirty people playing it all at once at, at its peak. And so whenever <laughs> wow. someone had like a really high turnip price, we would all go to that person's island and just sell our turnips, and all of us would be millionaires. So that <laughs> nice. yeah yeah, there was a really good community behind it, but that that has since died down to the point where that channel is now like inactive on our work slack and no one really talks about it about the game um i myself have kind of regressed to just like not really visiting other people's islands and not really like doing anything um like teamwork wise i just i feel like again i feel like my island is so completed so like full that I don't know. The only thing left I have to do is like catch all the bugs, catch all the fish, catch all the deep sea creatures, and then we'll call it a day. Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, it's crazy because I felt like I've been playing this this game for a lot longer than it's been out. Um, but it's it it, it just it, it had a high point and then it just kind of fell off. <laughs> well, as as games tend to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I mean, not to say that Animal Crossing around the world has kind of, like, dropped. It's still selling, and it's still popular. Sure, sure. Uh, it just, from my worldview perspective, I'm just like, yeah, it just it's my time to just kind of slow down and play other games. Because Animal Crossing did take up a lot of my time. Not to mention a lot of anxiety, because I was, like, trying to figure out if I had high turnip prices that day so I could share it with my coworkers. <laughs> and then I, I told people, like, I'm going to retire from the turnip business, and I, I finally did retire. <laughs> so Kind of sounds like life, right? You know, it's like, <laughs> you, you want to get successful, you have to build a network and get to know people and so you can sell your turnips and all, all you know. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I'll be successful together. <laughs> right, yeah. And if only real life had uh if only we can turn our bells into real life money then <laughs> then yeah. i could really be a millionaire oh my god <laughs> um so after i started declining on animal crossing i um bought breath of the wild i played it on a friend's Ooh, switch nice. like back when the switch first came out my friend um Jairus, actually he's a he's um uh he's a frequent podcast guest as well he uh he came over to my place, brought his switch and just like showed me what it was all about. Let me just play the first two hours of breath of the wild. Um, and that was dope. I mean, it's, I've always wanted to play that game, but I never owned it since the switch first came out. And then I got a switch in 2018 and I only got Mario Kart and I wanted to get more games and breath of the wild was kind of always in the back of my mind, but I kind of pulled the trigger this year because well, I'd say mainly because I finished Ghost of Tsushima and I really wanted to play another open world game. Uh, sorry, Horizon Zero Dawn. That is still something that's on my docket as well. <laughs> I totally, <laughs> I, I have it. I just haven't finished it. I've only played the first 20 minutes of it. But Breath of the Wild is, I, I love Zelda. I love the music and I, I couldn't say no to playing that game and finally jumping on it. I feel like I, I started playing it at a good time because 
I think earlier last year, they mentioned that the sequel's coming out. And then um, a week or two ago, it was announced that a, a prequel to Breath of the Wild is coming out um, from Koei Tecmo, which is like their warrior style Ooh. game. Um, it's basically called like Zelda Age of Calamity. And it's imagine like Dynasty Warriors with the Zelda characters. But it, I love Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Me too. And I want to get Hyrule Warriors, which is like Zelda with with it's Dynasty Warriors with Zelda characters. But Age of yeah. Calamity is it takes place 100 years before Breath of the Wild. But it's like it's official canon, whereas Hyrule Warriors is not. Um, Age of Calamity is um, a again, a like a, a Dynasty Warriors type game. Um, but with Zelda characters from Breath of the Wild, which is which sounds so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, wow. It, do you know if uh, it has couch co-op? Hyrule Warriors does. Okay. Um, I expect the sequel to as well, because I know that <laughs> Dynasty Warriors is canonically known to have it, because I played that a yeah. lot with my brother. <laughs> what was your favorite Dynasty Warriors game? Four. I'm gonna say Dynasty Warriors. Oh 4. my god, nice. That's mine too. Oh wait, really? <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I did. I, I, I don't know. I don't even. I, I bet you if there was like a completion counter on four, I would probably be up there. Maybe like ninety percent or something like that. Yo, same, and, same. Who was your favorite? <laughs> who was your favorite character? Oh, I mean, in four, or are you talking about of all time? Oh, I mean, just I, in four. I, and just four, I guess I would probably have to say Ma Chao. I mean, he's a little OP, especially when he's just on his horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. But, but I mean, my, my favorite character throughout all of them is always going to be, uh, and pardon my pronunciation because, you know, I don't speak um, uh, Chinese, but Juga uh, Liang. Oh, um, the, Yes. You know the the strategist for the uh, for the way uh, shoe kingdom. Oh my god, <laughs> forgot for a second. But yeah, no, nah, I I just love the fact that he's just got a war fan and he can shoot lasers and he's he's smart as hell. <laughs> yeah, know? he's a master war character. tactician. Oh yeah, yeah. I um yeah. I was a fan of Zhou Tai. I think that's how you say it. Oh or yeah, Zhou tai. yeah, the guy with the katana. Yeah, the pirate dude. Samurai sword. Oh yeah. yeah. And then my brother was into um, the guy with the tonfas. I forget his name. Sun Se, I think. Is Yo, name. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And we would just go around like <laughs> conquering everyone as the Wu. Just like, yeah, let's get it. <laughs> and then I remember, um, I don't know if you remember this, or maybe you do, the Battle of the Hulao Gate. And then Lu Bu oh, shows up. And he just kicks your ass and you're like level three. You're like, yeah. what the hell is going on? And I remember just being so frustrated. So my brother and I, we would just grind until we both leveled our characters all the way to the max. Go to the Battle oh of Hulao gosh. Gate and just like kick Lubu's ass. Like, yeah, that's right. That's right, dude. <laughs> oh, God. That brings back memories. Like whenever like a, like a friend of mine would come over and I'd be like, yo, let's play Dynasty Warriors. And they would like, they'd have, I'd, we'd do like one mission, like maybe like the Yellow Turban Rebellion mission or something like that. And mm-hmm. they'd be like, oh man, this is fun. And I'm like, all right, let's go to Hulao Gate now. And I don't tell them nothing. I just say, let's go to the Battle of Hulao Gate. And then they try to take on Lu Bu and they just get decimated. <laughs> oh, It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, it's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, anybody that plays that game, it's just, you just got to run from Lu Bu. <laughs> especially if you're low level so but yeah man i love those games what 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 is your favorite zelda game though of all time i'm gonna have to say wind waker 
I feel bad that I never played that one. (laughs) Yeah. I think I only played the old school Zelda games and I do. That's one of those things where it's like, I I never owned an N64 or a GameCube. So I missed out on that generation. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, I, I I have been playing Link's Awakening a little bit here and there on the switch. And I've been enjoying that because that's, that's probably my favorite Zelda game of all time. I played it on the Game Boy. <laughs> oh, okay. Way back in the day. Yeah. What, what do you like most about that? Why is that one like your favorite? Um, I think I like the the soundtrack is my favorite. Um, I like how you know you have to collect instruments and and as you collect the instruments, like the the song like gets richer and like um and until like final because I guess the uh, have you have you played it? Like yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you know how at the end you play all the instruments together and that wakes up the wind fish. Yep. Um, you know, it's just uh, I think I just like the music aspect of it and and how just the simplicity. Uh, it, yeah, I guess <laughs> that's really what it is. I mean, sure, nostalgia goggles as well, um, because that's that's one of the first ones I ever played. But, uh, but, but still, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, I have a lot of fond memories and, and, and they, it was just really, it's been really nostalgic playing it on switch and it feels similar, but it also feels fresh and there's a lot of new things that they added. So, yeah, I like the art style on the switch, the remake. It's really cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, um, aside from those, we recently played Among Us for the first time, the both of us, with our friends. Yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting experience, to say yeah. the least. Um, so I'm sure everyone who's listening has heard of Among Us. It's basically Mafia, which is basically a game where you have to find the two people that are killers in the town, but they look like everyone else. And then you have, you have to, like, in Among Us, you have to find dead bodies and then start like a debate and then accuse people and once you vote whoever the imposter or imposters are then they uh off the ship or off wherever then um you win as the the crewman but if the imposters kill everybody then they win it's pretty it's a simple premise honestly Mm -hmm. and seemingly it's taken twitch by storm lately you know most of the twitch streamers that i know have dabbled in among us streams would you say that it dethroned that it dethroned Fall Guys? You know what? Possibly, yeah. Because a lot of the people that um, I knew that streamed Fall Guys, um, they kind of just uh, they kind of just moved on to Among Us. You know, it's just it, it it's hard to tell sometimes what are the games that like really stick and uh, people build their streams around versus um, uh, just the games that everybody's really into at one time and so you know all, all your friends are just coming together and just playing it and, and you're just enjoying it while it's while it's popular yeah. but i mean from what i understand among us has been around for a long time right it's just only recently that it uh, uh I, I guess has been making its rounds right it was like two years ago when the game first came out and then like on someone on twitch started playing it it blew up and then now everyone's playing it yeah I watched um I watched Soldier Boy play it. I saw T Pain <laughs> playing it. <laughs> I was just like, oh, oh yeah, these these people are also 
they're also streamers and gamers that's so interesting yeah yeah um it was it was fun it's definitely we only had five people when we played it so it was a little bit more challenging a lot of (laughs) our friend ryan he just killed people on accident sometimes and then we would would be killing people in doorways in front of other people it was it was actually a lot it was a lot of fun it was so funny i'm a terrible killer because (laughs) i don't really find the right times to do it sometimes i'll do it right in front of somebody what was it like um mark um yeah who spotted me like going into one of the vents on the camera. I was like, Oh, I forgot there's security cams. Yeah. No, I, I feel it. I, I'm a terrible liar too. So I'm just like, I don't know what to say. I think I'm just naturally suspicious. So these types of games, everyone always votes for me. Oh no. Well, I'm mostly just Ryan voting for you. This is so messed up. He's like, it's, it's, it's always him. So he's DJV. I'm like, no, it's not. Because there's one time when I was the imposter. <laughs> he voted incorrectly. <laughs> um, so that, that was fun. I think Among Us is definitely a really fun game, but uh, you definitely need 10 people to play that game. Oh, yeah. The more the merrier in that type of game. Yeah. it's With five people, I think it's just it's easy to tell who the imposter is because if one of you is dead, there's like an even number of people. And it's just like, okay, well, where were you? Where were you? All right. You're the imposter. <laughs> you know? Um, but there were some times when we're like, yeah, we don't know who killed it, so we're just gonna we're just gonna vote and skip. So moving on to news. Wow, let's talk about the big one first of all. Microsoft buys Zenimax for $7.5 billion. Um, Zenimax is the parent company of Bethesda Software, the people that make Skyrim, the people that make Fallout, and the upcoming game Starlight? Starfield? Starfield. Um, Wow. This is huge because everyone knows last last generation's console wars was won by sony technically they had you know all the bigger marketing the better exclusives and this time around microsoft's like all right it is our time to be in the spotlight we're gonna we're gonna be the ones to be like the exclusive house they 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 are they own some exclusives notably like forza and halo but uh they want more and you know, Bethesda still has a lot of deals in place with Sony for like exclusives that come out first on the ple- on the PS5. But with this Microsoft deal, that looks like Microsoft has a lot more exclusives under their belt. They also have like Doom, so it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, man, that's that's uh, I mean, that's a little concerning because you know I'm a big Fallout fan and I. Well, I guess I could play it on PC, of course, if, if sure. it comes out. And that's, I think that's always why I tend to lean towards Sony when it comes to the consoles, because, you know, I can play um, my, most Microsoft games on PC. But, but yeah, I mean, what, why do you think they did that? Is it just mainly to secure um, exclusives for the, uh, the next generation of uh, consoles? I think that's the number one reason. I also think it was a power move against Sony because Sony doesn't have that kind of money. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Sony, like, despite 
winning the last war. They're I don't they don't make as much money as Microsoft. I mean, at its core, Microsoft is still one of the big Silicon Valley companies and it's always it always has been and they're worth billions and billions of dollars and I right, guess right. 7.5 is like nothing to them. <laughs> you know, and it's crazy that they paid that much for for um for Bethesda considering like Bethesda really hasn't had a good track record as of late. They only had what Skyrim on everything. Fallout 76 failed immensely. <laughs> um yeah. So it's it's I mean maybe they're paying for like I guess everything plus maybe some other unannounced stuff that's supposed to be a hit because if if you think about it like Disney paid four billion for Marvel and like another four billion for um, Lucasfilm like Microsoft paid almost that much for just one company which is insane to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm thinking maybe Microsoft has some kind of plan up their sleeve. Maybe they're like they're betting and hoping that this does work out cuz now that now that they own it like, you know, where are they, what are you going to do? <laughs> right? Like who who knows? I it also concerns me as well. Um because um do you have an Xbox by the way? I do not. I've yeah. never owned an Xbox. Same, actually. <laughs> I've never owned an Xbox, mainly because I had a feeling that everything I wanted to play on Xbox was going to end up on PC, and it did. All the Halo games, most of the Halo games are on PC. Sea of Thieves is on PC. I mean, those are the like those are the only two games that come to mind when I think about like Xbox. Um, sure. So, yeah, I, I've always been kind of a, a Nintendo slash Sony kid growing up, so playing owning an, a ps4 i thought was a really good investment and it i think it paid out because i still play it to this day and i love all the exclusives on it um yeah i never really saw interest in in the xbox but i mean i hope that microsoft doesn't meddle too much with bethesda and what they're doing they did say they're going to keep all the leadership in bethesda so that's cool you know it doesn't really affect the product but still sure. like you know we'll see well, I mean, I think if as soon as Bethesda announces that they're going to drop the next, the follow up to Skyrim, uh, what would that be? Elder Scrolls 7 or something like that? It's like Elder Scrolls sure. 6. Is it 6? Or, or I, I guess, does, does online count as one of the numerical Elder Scrolls? Um, no, but... it's not like Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, uh, I think. Five, yeah. I think once they do that, like a lot of people will be all over it. Cause I know some people that are still diehard Skyrim fans. Like they'll still stream uh, Skyrim. And uh, even though that game came out, what, 2014, something like that. I think it was so, like 2012 actually. Oh yeah. It's like a yeah, long that's time. Right, actually, because that was, that that came out in the PS3 gen. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Oh my God. Um, it, it also helps that mods keep the game alive too. Yeah, that's true. On PC. And they've also kept Oblivion, the previous iteration, as well as Elder Scrolls Morrowind alive. Um, Because I remember getting Morrowind and having, like, five discs and then just, like, installing all of them and then, like, finding out that mods were a thing. And then my brother and I modded the shit out of Morrowind, and it wasn't the base game anymore. (laughs) It was, like, some other game with, like, samurai, like, knights and pirates. (laughs) It was weird, but it was so cool. Um so yeah, I mean, I I also know people that still play Skyrim to this day, like every now and then, and then they're like, yeah, like not just the modded version, but also like the vanilla version, 
or they just want to enjoy that experience. So I think it's needless to say that uh, Elder Scrolls V Skyrim will be coming to Xbox Series X, <laughs> right? Right. Probably as like a timed exclusive, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how many deals uh, Bethesda has with Sony prior to the buyout, but I know that there were like mm-hmm. some. I don't remember anything off the top of my head. But in any case, big news, really, really big news. Um, exciting for Microsoft, exciting for Xbox fans. Um, I, I still, I do know that the um, these games will still come out on PC. I don't think any of that will change. Like Doom, the next Doom game will definitely come out on PC. So, sure, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Um, some other news topics. Fall Guys developers secretly launched a mode called Cheater Island in order to detect cheaters. Have you played Fall Guys? I I have, but I am not that great at it. No. <laughs> if I if no. I devoted more time to it, probably I would uh, pick it up a bit more. But but you know, it's fun. It's it's uh, a nice little distraction type game to play. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's um it's definitely fun with friends. Um, it can get frustrating. Uh. But not just control wise, but um, cheater wise. There, I've I have seen my fair share of cheaters, like people floating, people just flying to the end, and um, oh, wow. So basically, the developers of Fall Guys, uh, Mediatonic, they created a mode called Cheater Island, where the game will automatically. They, it's done a good job of automatically detecting if you're a cheater or not, and it'll throw you in lobbies with only cheaters. So, like. <laughs> It's like people with like cheat trainers and like cheat programs all fighting against each other. <laughs> you know, <Wow>. <laughs> it's like it's like doing steroids. Right. And imagine if all the roided up people were caught and they were just forced to play roided Olympics or like roided uh, roided baseball. <laughs> so it's like that. You're like, you know what? You're not you're stripped of your medal, but you can you can be the best out of all the people that are also just like you. <laughs> Wow, that actually sounds like it would be an entertaining stream to watch. I should check some of those streams out if anyone does that. Right? <laughs> I haven't looked into them myself. I'm sure they exist, but um yeah, it's they a lot of other developers have done this with other games. I can't name any any off the top of my head, but this has been shown to be like a good thing because if you ban someone, they're just going to make a new account, right? And then cheat again. And then sure. you ban that account and then just cheat again. But if you put them in a lobby with other cheaters, then you're like, all right, like you can still play the game on your own account, but you can't play with the normal people that want to play the game, you know, in a regular way. You're going to have to play with the people <laughs> that also cheat, that also fly, that also like hover. So, <laughs> yeah. Do, do you know if they get notified that they're in that lobby? Like they're, they're, they were exposed as a cheater or do they just find out, oh, I'm in a game with a bunch of other cheaters? <laughs> You know, I'm not sure. I I don't know if they get notified, but I do know that like they'll see it when they start playing a game. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um I have to do more research on it, but that'd be funny if they're like, "Hey, guess what? You're cheating, so you're going to go to Cheater Island." It's like, "Fuck." <laughs> well, I guess that's a good thing. I don't know. Um I haven't cheated. I mean, I think it's a fun game, but I don't really see any reason to cheat since you can't really buy anything with real money. And what yeah, what is I mean, the point? Yeah, who, why why do people cheat? In my opinion, anyway, because it's like 
like if I'm playing Valorant, for example, and people are cheating because they, they, they're using like a, a see-through wall hack or like a Insta headshot, like what what is the fun in that? I don't know. That's just me. Personally, I'm like, wh why? When you take out the challenge aspect of it, like to me, it's not really worth it anymore. Yeah, no, exactly. I totally understand. Um, Like you kind of play the game and get better at it. You you hone your skills. But if you use a program to do everything for you, like what's the point you, to get like better knife skins? Like, I don't, I don't know. Right. Everything is random in those drops. Um, it's funny you mentioned that. There was a guy on Reddit recently who posted um, a video of him um, showing how his uh, anti-cheat slash cheat program worked. He made a website where it advertised like, oh, you can... You can um, download this cheat program for Counter-Strike Global Offensive and it'll help you win better. Like it'll have wall hack, it'll have, you know, insta headshot, all those fun things for cheaters. So cheaters, of course, downloaded it. But what they didn't know is that on certain maps, on I guess on all maps, there's specific parts where you go to um, and it'll automatically like throw your weapon off the cliff. It'll make you jump off the cliff. Um, if you go up to a door and try to open it, it like it won't open. If you try to oh. use the op, like it'll just make a sound with the gun it won't actually fire a bullet <laughs> and so this dude made this cheat program just like to to troll cheaters because like you know that game is known for rampant cheating uh and i thought it was genius i was like wow this is so cool <laughs> good for him you know he's a real one <laughs> right and the way that he would see how the person used his cheat program was um if they installed the program into their steam client or into their game folders it would automatically send him the data files. And I think the way that CSGO works is as long as you have a certain data file from CSGO, it will like show you the replay of that player. Um, because like, you know, the game uses all the same maps, all the same like models and stuff. So, um, and, and it uses source SDK and that's kind of like an, like a free open software that people can use to build their own games, but also like, um, it, there's a built-in tracker for that game, so it's really cool that he he's be able he's able to see like the data from that cheater, put it into his game, and see the replays in real time, which is so wow. awesome. So he was able to catch those and and like put them in a YouTube video, <laughs> which is so funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, cheaters are stupid. I'm glad Fall Guys developers did that. Um, Agreed. Next bit of news is about Halo Three ODST. It arrived on PC as part of the Master Chief Collection um, as of the day of this recording. It like, unlocked at 10 a.m. today. I own that collection, but I have not started playing any of the games yet. Are you a Halo fan? Are you a big Halo guy? Uh, I never really got too much into Halo because I was always... I never Like I said, I never really owned an Xbox. Right. And, uh, and I actually only started playing on PC maybe like two years ago for the first time in my life. <laughs> oh nice no yeah i was i was always a mac person you know but i i mean i remember like playing halo with friends and stuff like that and i know a lot of people love the halo series so yeah no i i was the same way um like we both didn't grow up with xboxes but we knew people that did um i would go to like friends houses and just play there or like i had a cousin who had a modded xbox that had like modded versions of Halo multiplayer maps, which were really interesting. Um, this is like not even on PC. Like this is like he had a, like a chip in the Xbox, and he just like loaded ROMs and a bunch of other cool stuff onto it. And part of the part of it was like modded Halo Two multiplayer maps. So there would be like meteors falling from the sky. There would be like you know swords that wow. like like you can slash <laughs> people from across the map. Um, uh, 
yeah so i i i've always been kind of a fan but like not like a super diehard fan since i never really owned any of the consoles but i did beat one through three <laughs> on my cousin's xbox <laughs> so i can i can happily say that i did complete the first trilogy just i never owned them and i finally do but i haven't played them yet i haven't started playing them because like, there's so much other games to play you know um right yeah were you were you like a cod guy did you, were you ever into cod yeah, I, 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 like the first COD I ever played was Black Ops One, and I was all over that game. Nice, <laughs> it was, nice. It was so fun. Yeah, so I played all the Black Ops games. I mean, the Modern Warfare games were cool and everything, but I guess I was more of a Black Ops guy. Um, and uh, and yeah, and I also really liked the zombies modes and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, dude. Are you yeah. are you excited for the new Black Ops game? Oh, there! I didn't even know there was one yet. Oh. Was there an, it was announced. <laughs> yeah, there was a. Oh yeah, yeah, it was announced. There's a trailer. It's um, it's called Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. It's a very long title, but um, it takes place in the 1960s and the 1980s. Um, nice. It's it just shows like a little bit of the Vietnam War, but then it cuts to the future, the 1980s. It's based on, I guess, kind of loosely based on a true story of an American, like a Russian spy in the American government somewhere. Um. They show like a, a digitized version of Ronald Reagan. <laughs> that was kind of like the, wow. the thumbnail for the video, which is weird. Um, multiplayer um, took place like took place in Miami. There's like a Miami map, um, some jungle maps, um, and then at the very end they teased zombies. So it's coming back. Wow, nice. Is that coming out this uh, this year? I think so. I, I want to say yes. Uh, yeah, it's coming out 2020, but I don't think there's an official release date. Maybe holiday 2020. Okay. Oh yeah, November 13, 2020. Okay. Okay. Wow. So, now I'm hyped for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it does look interesting. I mean, everyone knows that like COD is like the, basically the same thing every year. But I also have a very, sure. I have a special connection to the Black Ops series because I, I just, I really like the time period it takes place in. I like the guns. I think, it, and it's, it was a lot of fun when I played it. Yeah, I mean, playing COD is kind of like, it's kind of like playing basketball in some ways you know it's just even though it's the same thing it's 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 like you know the people that play these 2k games it's it's still the same game right but it's a tried and true formula that people love and um you know it's it's one of those things where you can jump in for one or two matches and 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 find it entertaining and then you can jump out so yeah yeah like you don't have to like play it for hours and hours on end if you don't want to because like the matches right. are so fast. Or you fast. can if you want to. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people get gratification from doing that. Yeah. Um. So moving on, more news stuff. GameStop closes a hundred more stores. GameStop's not doing doing too well in the pandemic. Sad yeah. to say. Yeah, I uh, I've been watching its um, stocks. <laughs> oh yeah. Drop. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that this console generation is going to um, help it limp on for a little longer. But you know, uh, everyone knew that that's what was that's what was going to happen, right? That like these these uh, retail stores, specialized retail stores, are are going to suffer more and more as, as like more people feel more accustomed to ordering on Amazon as these games go more digital. You know, so. 
Right. It just now you have to think about like where can I buy video games if GameStop or I'd rather say when GameStop eventually closes because mm-hmm. it's gonna be like Best Buy or Target, right? Or like Costco. Yeah. <laughs> like those are the only the only places I can think of. There aren't that many. I don't know about you, but in my area, there aren't too many mom and pop like video game stores. Those kind of died out. Yeah, no, those 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 died out a long time ago for my area too. <laughs> yeah, it's really but sad. I I remember like some I have some fond memories of like circa 2013 or whatever um, when they would be like midnight releases of physical copies of games and there would be a line out around GameStop and then they wouldn't give it to you until after midnight so you'd just be chilling with a bunch of other gamers like ready ready for uh uh what were the games that dropped back then Watch Dogs 1 or something uh, like that <laughs> yep yep <laughs> last I think the first Last of Us you know I probably went to the midnight release of course like Black Ops um those games like you know that that's that's not really a thing anymore I don't think unless you're waiting for a console or something to drop plus um, like those kind of releases happen a lot earlier now. Like I remember I, I wanted to oh, get yeah. Sekiro and they're like, Oh yeah. Midnight release, midnight release. I walked in at 3 PM. They're like, Hey, are you him? I'm like, yeah. And they just gave it to me. And then I was like, it's 3 PM. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, those used to be hype, man. Like sometimes like they'd be like uh, one person that's waiting for the pre-order is going to get uh, a, like a, a prize or something like that. Like a, like for black ops, there was a care package that the oh, game stopped. Yeah. Gave out like an actual big care package. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I oh my god, I remember that. Those like exclusive things. <laughs> yeah, but those days are gone, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I mean that, that those memories still live on. There's like video footage of it somewhere. <laughs> I remember uh, my buddy in college. Um, he went to I forget which Resident Evil it was, but he went down t- to downtown San Francisco for the midnight release of the one of the Resident Evil games. And um, he was on um, Capcom's video. Capcom made a video about people um, like waiting in line and like interviewing them about stuff. Like, who's your favorite Resident Evil character? And then my, my, <laughs> my roommate was in the video and I was like, yo, that's, yo, what's up, dude? That's so sick. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I wish, I wish a lot more like companies were into those things. Maybe I'm just not aware of it, but uh I don't know. Maybe they'll. Maybe it kind of died down, um, after a certain time. Yeah, yeah. But in any case, uh, next bit of news uh, is about Super Mario Brothers turns thirty five years old. So a lot of a lot of events were happening, notably the uh, Super Mario three D All Stars Collection on the Nintendo Switch, which consists of Super Mario sixty four, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy, the first one that are all remastered on the Switch, which is so dope. Nice. I haven't gotten it. I don't really have an interest in getting it since I still own all three of those games on their respective consoles, <laughs> and I don't really feel like playing them again, to be honest. Sure. Uh, but it's really cool, and um, there was like a free pin that you can get, like a like a little Mario pin you can get that says like Mar- that has like a little eight bit Mario and it says like thirty five. Um, you can get it for free from the Nintendo store online. You just had to do certain things in the store, like do a quiz, um, click on a certain thing. But now that people have it, they're like scalping it on eBay for like ridiculous amounts of money, which is really oh, sad. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, don't be a dick. Yeah. 
we're gonna see a lot more of that once you know ps4 drops and apparently since it's kind of uh what is it that they're not going to meet uh, uh shipping expectations or something like that so yeah a lot of scalpers man especially this time of year oh yeah that's cool though yeah yeah um I just wish that maybe Nintendo had more. Maybe they, it was like an exclusive thing for them. And they're like, we don't have that many. Eh, well. Yeah. I remember playing the first Mario All-Stars on the Super Nintendo, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you ever play that one? Oh, yeah, uh, I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. That was like, yeah, it was like the first game remastered in like a 3D, not 3D, in like more colors and looked better. Yeah, like 16-bit. Um, yeah. It was, it was cool. That was yeah. the first time I ever actually experienced like Super Mario Two, and then they had Super Mario: The Lost Levels and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That cartridge is worth a lot of money now. Oh really? Yeah, that's like, I mean, if you think about it, like a lot of older games are starting to go up in value just by generation. Um, the old NES games have always been kind of uh, priceless, but sure, sure. like Super Nintendo's definitely up there gamecube is starting to get up there um uh fun little fact and side tangent i got into gamecube game collecting because it's my favorite nintendo console i got into it like early last year i spent a lot of money on gamecube games and then there just came a point where i just stopped cold turkey because i was spending a lot of money on these games and they were getting more and more expensive like some of the ones that i wanted so i had to stop (laughs) <laughs> wow. so how much were these gamecube games going for when you were collecting them oh my god like 50 to 60 dollars as much as like what? yeah <laughs> really so like i wanted the first pikmin game and pikmin 2 pikmin 1 like on so i, I the way i did it was I, went, I was on ebay but i was also like looking at mom and pop stores um i like my girlfriend and i we went to san jose at one point and there was like a mom and pop like used game store and they had a bunch of gamecube games that were like selling for cheap so i bought like a few of them and then on ebay there were some that i really wanted that i couldn't find anywhere else so like the pikmin games i paid 40 bucks for the first one and like 50 for the second one and these are like with the manual still intact like they're they're nice looking games they're still good quality games um as far as like aesthetics go but like some of these like i wanted i'm looking at them right now um like resident evil 4 was like $55 and the four Mario party games, it's like, Oh no, sorry. The three Mario party games, which are four, five, no four, four, five, six, and seven that are all in the GameCube. Those were like all together. Those were like 70 bucks. Oh jeez, I believe it though. <laughs> what was the Mario Party game that had like volleyball, and that was so fun? I remember playing that one for the time. I couldn't tell you. I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I remember playing it though because I think it was on GameCube, right? Was that on GameCube? Yeah, it was on GameCube, but I didn't play it until like the Wii came out because you know how the Wii could uh, play GameCube games. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. So, yeah, that's. GameCube collecting is it's fun, but it's just it's taxing on your wallet. <laughs> but oh, man. one yeah, thing, man. one uh one peripheral I am very proud of, uh is a it's a GameCube controller with a keyboard in the middle. Oh, have you ever heard of that? I have not, but I believe it exists. <laughs> <laughs> it was made specifically for Fantasy Star Online. Wow, 
Okay. And it goes for like 400 now, but I bought it for like 150 on like some eBay bid. It's crazy. So was Fantasy Star Online, that was an MMO? Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. You can still so, play it on your PC now, but you can't play it on consoles, obviously. Sure, yeah. No, because I remember like hearing that they were going, like that era, There, I remember they were putting Final Fantasy XI like on PS2, um, and uh, uh, what were some of the other games that like MMOs that they were putting on console? And and back then I was like, why would you play these types of games on console? But I I, I get it. Like the, those were the booming genres back then, like World of Warcraft, Final Fantasy XI, uh, you know, all these MMOs. So um, I get it. They're trying to you know uh, tap into that that uh, that market of console mm-hmm. gamers. But I mean, well, did you well did you play it by any chance? Final, uh, sorry, Fantasy Star Online. So like, I how pl- did that run? Ah, uh, it's it's funny you mentioned that. I actually played it on Dreamcast. Okay. <laughs> um, so the Dreamcast had an Ethernet port built into the back, and um, my cousin had it, and I actually never played it myself. I never owned the game, but he he had it. It didn't come with a controller, but you could still play it online with other people. Uh, I'm sorry, with a keyboard, not a controller. Of course, there was a controller, but um, it didn't come with a keyboard, or I think you had to like plug in your own that had like a special Dreamcast connector because, you know, all the consoles had like special uh, ports for their certain controllers. Um, he didn't have the keyboard, so we would just run around and see people typing to each other, but we couldn't talk to, back to them, so we would just like <laughs> use gestures. Um, it's kind of frustrating if you think about it, because in a, in an MMO, you you want to talk to other people. That's like the point, right? And there was no, like, headset either, so we couldn't really, like, live chat with the people. Um, so it was interesting, but it really felt like you were just playing a single-player game because you couldn't talk to other people. Right, and I mean, that's the whole, like, allure of playing an MMO is, like, you're interacting, like, with real people um, in a yeah. in one shared world. Yeah, yeah. So that's that kind of fizzled away after a while but now you can play that specific game that was on the dreamcast and on the gamecube online via like um you can download like the client i forget what website but the game still exists you can download the client and it'll automatically take you to certain servers that are up and running by some fan that created it so they just they made the game they remastered it for pc um and it works on pc now but i know that steam also released their version i think like Fantasy Star Online 2, um, but it came out in 2012 in Japan and, and just came out recently in the U.S. on PC. So, I mean, people are now getting into that game again and realizing that it's still a thing. Man, that's impressive for that, a game like that, that old, from like you know such a bygone era to still actually be playable and and you know people will still actually play it. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting you mentioned that because there's a lot of people that still play any game online if you think about it. Well, not any game. I'd say like there are still there's still audiences for certain games. We just don't think about it because we're not playing them. Sure. So like, I don't know, maybe the old um the old Call of Duty games, people still play those. I don't know if the servers are still up, but I know that there are fans yeah. on like Game Ranger that still have their servers up. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. I, I'd be curious to log into like Black Ops One through my PS3 and uh, still see if I can find like a multiplayer uh, match and <laughs> how yeah. long it would take and stuff. Yeah, no, 
seriously though um I, I don't know if the xbox servers are up or the ps3 servers are up but i do know that pc there's always going to be a way to play those games online um you know what you know what that reminds me of is mm-hmm. that so there was this video that i saw on youtube and it was the, it was really creepy actually so it was this <laughs> game this mmo game from like the early 2000s that was completely deserted and some guy logs in and 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 like all the artwork is all gothic and and stuff like that um but the entire world like this the the instance or whatever that he entered into was completely empty except there's this one guy by himself that runs up to him and starts like speaking cryptically and like it just it's it just kind of spooky to think about it that he just randomly there would randomly be one guy still playing like a dead mmo and and like he's actually rping as some guy just enters into the game i i wish i knew what game it was called but yeah it, it's probably not that difficult to find if someone's curious like google it or look it up on youtube but it's just this really creepy video and this guy just starts talking like what brings you here traveler and um you know and i think they he fig- he he was able to determine that it wasn't an npc because he was responding to him he would ask him questions and then the guy would actually respond to him so it's yeah. yeah, that's that is that is cryptic. <laughs> that, I I I want to see that video. That sounds so scary. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's it's insane. It's insane how there are still certain people that are like, I wonder if anyone's still playing this, and they go to that game they're like, Hey, I'm gonna be weird to this guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, dope. All right. The last piece, the last piece of news I have is about PlayStation Five. There is a PlayStation Five showcase that happened recently, and certain things were revealed. So the first thing that they started off with was Final Fantasy Sixteen. Looks cool. Yep. Probably is going to come out five years from now. Let's be honest. <laughs> I hope not. Honestly, I really do hope not. Uh, are you a big Final Fantasy fan, or have you ever? like dabbled even into the final fantasy series i've dabbled i I wouldn't consider myself a huge fan i I think it's an interesting like game series wise and i do know a lot about like certain aspects of certain games so like seven i already know everything about that game because people talk about it um i want to play it i want to play the remake but i I do want to play the original Uh, yeah everyone's saying it everyone's (laughs) saying it uh my my other host elisa she's she's really into the final fantasy series um but yeah, I've only dabbled myself. Are are you a big fan? Sure. Oh, I'm a lifelong fan of Final Fantasy. Uh, my probably my number two favorite game of all time would be Final Fantasy VI. Um, wow, you know, it's just it's just uh, I, I I think like Final Fantasy is what kind of made me a gamer in in some ways. Um, but but going back to Final Fantasy sixteen, uh, it when I saw it. I thought it looked very similar, like in art style and character design to Final Fantasy fourteen, you know, the online game. Mm-hmm. So my my assumption then is that like they probably built that game on uh the same engine, which probably will save a, them a lot of production time. Um <laughs> so I'm hoping I'm hoping that, you know, this game is actually not that far off. And, and Square Enix has learned their lesson and decided not to take 10 years to develop one single game, you know? 
Yeah, no, I hope that as well because I don't know. I guess there's so much fan backlash that they're like, hey, finish it. Like, we just want you to finish it. Why does it have to take you this long to finish this game? Yeah, I know, man. Like, I remember making a joke to my friend when Kingdom Hearts 3 was announced, like back in what, 2013, 2014, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, I can't wait to play it in 2019. <laughs> oh my and, God. Uh, <laughs> and and they they thought I was like trolling, but sure enough, that's when it came out. <laughs> he like knocks on your door, hands you fifty bucks, and walks away. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, I mean I remember people buying PS3s just to play Kingdom Hearts three, and I'm like, y- y'all y'all tripping? It's not gonna come out for that system. And then oh, lo and man. behold, came out years later. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone thought that Kingdom Hearts three was gonna come out in like 2010. But wow, yeah, it was a little bit too late, a little too early, too late. Yeah, but I mean, Square Enix definitely has uh, milked that genre. You know, even though Kingdom Hearts three only recently came out, like they definitely had like Kingdom Hearts one point five remix, oh Kingdom Hearts uh, two point nine or whatever. I don't know, man. I bought. I don't like, know how they understand. I don't right? understand how they do that shit. I, I bought like that whole collection on on uh, PS4 digitally because it was like thirty bucks for everything, including three. And I was like, "All right, cool." Then, uh, oh wow, yeah. And then I, I booted it up recently just to look, and I was like, "There was like one point five, there was like two, then two point five, and then two point eight. I'm like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Like, I'm so confused. <laughs> and then there was like two fifty eight over whatever days. I'm like, "Yeah, what yeah, the fuck yeah." It's going there's on. Dream drop distance. There's uh, uh, birth by sleep. You know, chain of memories. I I don't. I can't. I can't follow the Kingdom Hearts series, man. It just it's it's too confusing for me. For real, and it also doesn't help that all these different games came out on like Nintendo DS, 3DS, PSP. Like they came out for every single like system when these systems were active, right? So it's just like, right. holy shit. I know that some of these are like 258 over whatever was like. A DS game. So when I looked at the cutscenes, like they looked very dated, but they tried to up-res them to 1080 right. to look better. But I was like, this looks terrible. Um, <laughs> I remember I had a buddy in college. He bought Dream Drop Distance because he loves Kingdom Hearts, and he bought that game. He put it next to his bedside, and I was like, oh, that's so cool, man. Like, have you started it yet? He's like, no. I'm like, why? He's like, well, I don't have a 3DS. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> he just bought the game, but he didn't own the console. I was like, he's oh, like he's... looking at it, I guess, huh? Yeah, he's just die die hard, die hard into the into the game series. Yeah, so um, I mean, yeah, I hope they finish Final Fantasy sixteen soon. Yeah, because I'm hoping that you know, because I feel like if they're already announcing Final Fantasy sixteen, that means we're not going to see anything about Final Fantasy seven remake two until after Final Fantasy sixteen. It's just kind of the way Square Enix works. Um, so I, I'm like in my heart, I'm hoping that 16 is not that far off so that we can already see them move on and develop and, uh, you know, churn out Final Fantasy 17 Remake 2. So so are you, did, did you like 7 Remake and are you excited about the second part of it? I very much enjoyed Remake. Uh, I... Um, there were a lot of things about it that I, I was, 
I, I kind of was disappointed with, but, but regardless, like the fact that, that they were still like, you know, going back to like how we were talking about last of us and how last of us two, um, still captured the same like tone and hit the same notes that the first one did. Like amazing that all these years later, like square Enix still in their remake could hit the same notes and have the same tone and have like new music and old music. And they still feel like they work together so well, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. there, are, there are a lot of aspects of uh, the remake that, uh, you know, feel, um, uh, story-wise that is that feel kind of uh not up to par as the as the stuff that was written and, and made for the original game back in the day um some of right. the things the, you know the additions some new characters here and there uh they're not nearly as fascinating as some of the the you know the characters that everyone knows but still i enjoyed every minute of it i am looking forward to you know the next game i hope it comes out soon I would recommend it to people, even if they haven't played the original. But you know, of course, I would have to say, as a, a long-time Final Fantasy fan, definitely play the original. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That I that's why I want to play the original before playing the remake because I want to know the roots. I want to know what it was like. Sure, but then again, you have the opportunity to experience like the I mean the the new one first. You know, and and see what like you know what it's like in in this generation, and then also experience like you know the the origins of it. But yeah, I don't know. yeah, no, that's a good point. Like as someone that has never played seven, I could go into that whole experience with fresh eyes and then just be like, okay, so this is this is what this is like, because I already know what seven is like since I've played my fair share of um, JRPGs and turn-based combat games. But um, sure, yeah, I mean. I, I am curious about the remake um, simply because it's a newer game and I, I want to see it on like a high res system, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so dope, dope. Um, the next game in the final, in the PlayStation five showcase uh, is Hogwarts legacy. It is an open world wizard game set in the uh, Harry Potter universe where um, you create your own wizard, I'm assuming, and then you just explore Hogwarts and the whole wizarding world up to a certain extent. Um, it's made by Avalanche Games and published by Portkey Games. Uh, looks cool. There isn't really much gameplay, just a lot of cutscenes and like, hey, you could be a wizard. Um, a lot of people were worried that J.K. Rowling would have a hand in this because of, I guess, her recent <laughs> her recent actions and tweets. Sure. But uh, sure. uh, uh, Warner Brothers, the 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 people who own portkey games were like, uh, eh, she's not, she's not writing the game. She doesn't really have a lot of part in this. So yeah. Um, safe to say she won't be involved to a major extent. Um, but it looks interesting. I've always been a fan of the Harry Potter series. I'm curious to see how this game fans out. Yeah, me too. Cool. Um, after that, they showed some Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War stuff. I think I mentioned already, like, that it was mostly a multiplayer showcase where they showed, uh, I'm sorry, not mostly multiplayer. They, there was a single-player mission showcase, but they also had, like, some multiplayer stuff. Um, yeah, it's Call of Duty. And then after that, they showed Resident Evil Village, a.k.a. Resident Evil 8. Um, you play as the same character you did in 7, Ethan Winters, and um, you're in a village in Europe. 
and it's first person and you don't know what's going on. Pretty cool. I'm already a fan and the game hasn't come out yet. <laughs> Are you do you like the Resident Evil games? Have you played those? I honestly didn't really um play much of the Resident Evil games back in the day. Uh I have Biohazard. What is that? 7 or 6? I forget. 7, which. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been, but I've been playing that on VR, which uh, I can only do for like maybe like 20, 30 minutes at a time before I start to feel sick. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I understand. So yeah, I've, I've been playing it like you know in small increments over time, um, and uh, and I might I might get back into it uh, and play that like since October's coming around, and uh, I might consider streaming it because that's when everyone likes streaming scary games. Um, but yeah, no. Yeah. I, I, I know that there are a lot of diehard Resident Evil fans, and I, um, and I, 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 I'm definitely curious to look into this this new one coming out. Oh yeah, for sure, it looks fun. Um, after that, they showcase Death Loop, which is a game where you uh, are stuck in like a time loop, and you have to kill certain enemies in certain ways, um, and um, it looks fun. Uh, then they showed Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. It'll release digitally at the PS5 launch. Uh, another game they showed after that was Oddworld Soulstorm. Oddworld is an interesting series because it has such a cult following that it always warrants a sequel. I don't know how the devs get away with it. I actually don't know what the game is about. Uh, (laughs) I've only, I only know the character's name is Abe and that's about it. Yeah, I, I just remember seeing like the those games back in the day, and and like not really being interested in, in them based on the artwork. Um, but you know, I know that there's a lot of people that love that the, that series, and maybe if I tried playing it, I might uh, feel differently about it. But but yeah, that's that's really fascinating to see that they're you know they're they're bringing they're bringing that back for this uh, generation. Right. Yeah. So. Maybe they'll have like a collection of the older games on PS5 so that people that didn't get to play them will be able to play them. That's what I'm hoping. Because I didn't, sure. I never played any of them. So um, After that, they showed Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach, which is like taking place in a very 1980s-style mall. And then there was like a jump scare at the end of that trailer. <laughs> I got <laughs> surprised. I was like, what the hell is that? Um, very Five Nights at Freddy's-esque. <laughs> Uh, and then they show the Demon Souls remake, which looks amazing. Never played it, yeah. but I am curious. I know a lot of people are are really you know looking forward to that. Like from the hype that I've heard about like all these announced games, like that's the one that I hear the most hype for is De- uh, Demon Souls. Oh yeah, yeah, same. It seems like everyone's like really into that game, and there's a lot of people that are into that genre too. I know my brother is big on that genre. Yeah. Um. The genre of game where you just die a lot. <laughs> you just get really just frustrated. Just constantly dying, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I, I played Sekiro and I died a lot <laughs> in that game. <laughs> uh, and then after that, they said Fortnite's coming to PS5. No big surprise. Of course it's coming. It's coming for everything. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then finally, <laughs> they showed the PlayStation Plus Collection, which is a bunch of like hit PS four games that are going to be available at the launch of the ps5 so i have the whole list here which is god of war monster hunter final fantasy 15 uncharted ratchet and clank days gone fallout 4 until dawn detroit become human 
Battlefield 1, Infamous Second Son, Batman Arkham Knight, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us Remastered, Persona 5, Resident Evil 7, and Bloodborne. Damn, that's an impressive list, I gotta admit. Right? It's like they took amazing games in that list. Oh, yeah. They took games from all their first party studios, but also some third parties, and were like, we're gonna put this available for you on the PS5 once it comes out. Pretty cool. I never uh, got to play uh, Persona 5, uh, but that's something that's always been on my list. And so maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe that'll be the first game I've. Well, <laughs> I was about to say, maybe that'll be the first game I play on PS5. But then again, like, why would I buy a new uh, console to play an old gen game? But but yeah, no, that, I, I do look forward to um, tapping into a lot of those games that I never got a chance to play. Yeah, same. Um, some of these on the list I haven't played, like Last Guardian. I haven't played that. Um, and then they ended the whole... Um, show with a teaser for Santa Monica Studios' new game, Ragnarok, which is a sequel to God of War, apparently. Oh, wow. So that's exciting. Um, and um, the PS5 disc version will retail for $500. The digital only will be 400 Well, these are already announced. I'm sure everyone has seen it, but um, for posterity's sake. And then um, the release date is November 12th for the consoles, so... Very soon. Yeah. Do you plan on? uh, Are you going to? Are you a physical copy person, or are would you be content if you got like the digital, digital version? So, that's something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, I have expressed on this podcast that I am going to wait for, uh, the next iteration of the console because you know how there's like a PS slim or like sure. a ps yeah yeah like the ps pro i'm waiting for like that pro version because i know it's coming out i know it's going to happen um you know technology changes um sony is using what they have now uh to put that into the ps5 so once technology gets better and new graphics cards new chips new ssds are created they're going to create and release a new console so that's what i'm waiting for i'm waiting for the PS5 Pro, PS5 Slim, what have you, to come out. Um, whether or not those will be digital only or have a disc option will be up to them, right? Uh, I They did talk about backwards compatibility, but right now it's looking as though that might not be an option for the PS5, and if it isn't, then I might have to just keep my PS4. If backwards compatibility does not happen by the time that the pro and slim versions come out because I have so many PS4 games already that are physical, then I'm just going to get the digital version of the PS5 and just play PS5 games on it. Yeah. I think same for me. I probably will wait as well. Um, I don't know if I'll wait till the, the slim version comes out. Cause that might be like what, two years down the line. Sure. Sure. I don't know, but it, it depends. Um, Maybe it'll depend on when they announce uh, when sixteen Final Fantasy sixteen drops. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I think that's that's respectable because you don't know if, if the console is gonna have like a red ring or you know you want the people to guinea pig it first. And at least that's what I think. Sure. Um, cool, cool, man. Excited for the PS five. Looks like 
there's a lot of cool things coming out for the PS5. The the console wars definitely are going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. but, so it's exciting to see these two studios just battle it out while Nintendo's in the corner like, yep, you guys have fun. Um, all right. So we completed games. We talked that we're playing. We completed news. I got some questions for you, man. <laughs> all right. So as I as we started the podcast with uh, DJB is a streamer and he does a lot of variety in his streams. He's he doesn't just play Valorant and other video games like The Last of Us Two, but he also does music. He kind of touched on that recent uh, uh, previously where he sings. He's a very I gotta say you're a very talented singer, man. <laughs> I really well, like you, your you. I I like your Twitch stream Twitch sing streams as well as your live performance stream. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, it was it was cool seeing you jump in and some of your coworkers too jumping in and everything and got, getting to meet them. Yeah, man. It's, yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate the support. Yeah, 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 man. It's it's so dope. You're you're awesome. So, jumping off of that, um, what got you into streaming? Yeah. So, um, I was talking to a friend of mine recently. He's also a Twitch Twitch streamer. And he asked me the same thing. Well, he was he asked me like, "What are my goals when it comes to streaming?" And um, and I, I and it uh, it made me think about how when I first started, like I was always one of those people that was like, "Why would anybody want to watch someone play video games? Like, what is the what is the point of that?" Sure. <laughs> I was that person, you know, and and so and because I am. Uh, I recently went back to school to study broadcasting. Uh, I also, my my job at the time, I was doing um, uh, a live streaming for the college that I worked at. And uh, and so I just kind of wanted to see if I could get some experience um, uh, in broadcasting at a consumer, consumer level. And so I decided to jump into Twitch. Uh, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I completely went in with no um, no real understanding of how how the Twitch scene worked. Um, and mm-hmm. I was just streaming myself playing uh, what was it, Black Ops Three, I think. And so yeah, that's that's kind of how I started on Twitch. It was just more like there's some people that get into it because they think, oh, I'm gonna they're gonna get famous. They're they're going to um, you know uh, be the next ninja. <laughs> they're going to you know like yeah. for me that was that was never what it was i i just wanted to kind of learn i just wanted to uh, gain experience um using obs is actually you know similar to like uh using um like a a switcher in a in like a, as a director you know for for broadcasting so for me mm-hmm. it's like okay i can wrap my head around this and because i also like I also did work as a musician before just on the side. Um, and I also do sound. I had all this, you know, microphone equipment and I had a mixer already. So I was like, I might as well, I might as well, you know, jump into it and see what I can do and get some experience doing all this stuff. And and that's kind of how it started. Wow. You were like serendipitously prepared for being a streamer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well that, and I also had bought uh, a, a gaming PC around that time. Oh my God! You're just yeah. set up for success. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I remember. I remember catching some of your early streams in Black Ops. I didn't have a Twitch account then because I also was like, "Why would I watch people play games?" But uh, <laughs> your 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 wife, who I went to high school with, that's how I know you. Was um, right. 
she was like, yeah, watch this. And I was like, okay, cool. And I watched it and I was like, I know him. <laughs> I know him in real life. <laughs> That's so cool. But I think it's, it's, I think it's really cool now that I know you because you're, you're, you're doing so many things on Twitch. Um, which leads me to my next question. I kind of touched it on already, but I want to hear it from you. What kind of content do your streams primarily focus on? Right. So, uh, I actually started, um, building my community through a game called Twitch Sings, which was a free game. It was made by Harmonix, um, uh, the people that made like rock band and, uh, it's basically just a karaoke game, you know. It's like you mm. you go into the game. You, it, you there's a there's a library of songs that you could pick. Um, you can sing or you can also choose to duet with other people who, who basically make like a uh, what's called a seed where they'll sing like half of the song that the game gives them, and then the game gives you the other half, and then you can sing a duet with them. And so and and the reason why I I got into that was one because yeah I was into music. Um, uh and also because uh i guess because i um had seen i saw a lot of like people uh that doing that game that aren't like the stereotypical type gamers i would see like uh i would see like a an older filipino lady um you know singing singing some songs uh you know some some older uh people from older generations some young you know younger people playing singing the new stuff uh i would meet people from like europe um and and also like what's cool is that since i was really into music like when i would stream twitch sings people would people that come into chat we, we would just talk about different types of music that we like different genres you know they can come in re request certain songs and stuff like that and it's also a great way to build community through Twitch. And so I got to meet a lot of people that I normally wouldn't have because it's it's a little difficult to meet people on Twitch if all you're doing is just streaming, you know? Um, sure. And you basically can only meet the people that just happen to stumble across your, uh, your Twitch stream, you know? Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, when you're playing a game like Twitch Sings that was very community-oriented, it encouraged people to sing with other people that they don't know. And so, and so that's kind of, um, how I got into, uh, Twitch, um, the music aspect of Twitch. And so my community was there. Most of the people are all, we all have like similar tastes in music. And so now that they unfortunately announced the, uh, the closure of the game, I guess, because paying oh. royalties is a little too expensive for Twitch these days. I don't know. I sure. Mean, Amazon has all the money in the world, but I guess they right. can't, uh, <laughs> they can't, they can't justify the upkeep for a game like Twitch things. So I, um, uh, I guess it was, uh, you talk about serendipitous, uh, I, not too long before they announced that I had decided to move towards just actual live music performance on Twitch. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, playing my guitar, uh, doing some songs, taking song requests and, and, you know, and that's where, that's the direction that I have been, uh, in going in recently with my Twitch account. Um, you know, in addition to the gaming here and there, but I think, uh, at this point I'm building my, my Twitch stream on, uh, on primarily around music. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like that, too. And I think, as I mentioned before, your live music streams are my favorites. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. 
for uh for those listening that don't know he um he basically has a song list and you can just request whatever song you want um it's like you know putting a dollar into a karaoke machine and then you just have the song play and then but in, in this case he sings for you and he sings <laughs> the whatever songs on his list and it's so cool because um recently he sang in Japanese he sang some old <laughs> hits some old hip hop hits but yeah he he has an extensive music knowledge but also like a, a large list of like different genres and it's it's really cool sure but i, I will i will say though that my song list uh weighs heavy on the R&B and uh some old school hip hop <laughs> so cuz that's just you know growing up in the bay area that's that those were those were the genres that I was exposed to the most. A lot of soul, classic soul, classic um uh uh, uh you know, like a lot a lot of punk as well, but but yeah, those are the genres that I I dive into the most. And I love it. <laughs> Cuz I love those genres too. Um so what does the name DJ Bibinkahan mean? Since that is your full name, I've been referring to you as DJ B, the shorthand version. And also to add on to that, are you really a DJ? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's funny because, um, so no, I am not a real DJ, but I guess when it comes to like a, a DJ in the sense of, I always considered myself like uh, a curator of music you know, sort of like the DJs that are on, um, on the radio, like a sure. radio DJ. So that's, that's always what I considered myself to be more of, as opposed to like a, a DJ that actually spins, you know what I'm saying? But, um, sure, sure. the name <laughs> is, uh, so we're from the same town and, uh, there's a, <laughs> there's a restaurant, uh, a Filipino restaurant that's actually a chain. Uh, there's, there's, a there's one in, um, Las Vegas that I, uh, as I understand it, there's also a couple in so- Southern California and there's one at least that I know of in Northern California uh, mm-hmm. and it's called DJ Bibinkahan. And, um, uh, I, <laughs> I remember did not know it. that. <laughs> <laughs> what you didn't, you don't know about the restaurant? No, I didn't. What? That's what? crazy. Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. you didn't know that, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's called DJ Bibinkahan. And I, I always thought that that's, that's just a, like the name is for one is kind of interesting to me, but I, I know that like whenever um, my parents uh, would ask me like where I wanted to like uh, get food sometimes, um, you know, I would make that suggestion and they're, they're not a, I hate to say it, but they're not really a fan of that place because they feel that the Filipino food there is a little greasy. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of, I always suggest that to them as a way to like troll them. Like, yeah, I want to go to DJ Vivincon. Oh. <laughs> but so, so I remember having uh, lunch with um, uh, my, my wifey and her mom. Uh, we were, we were only dating at the time, my, my, uh, my wife. And, um, and, uh, and so uh, we were talking about like uh, me wanting to do music um, uh, more on like, you know, online and whatever. And like and uh, I threw out the name like this is the name that I was going to use. I said DJ Babinkahan and she thought it was hilarious. <laughs> she was just dying oh. with laughter. So so I was like, OK, well, she finds it funny. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of a, it's kind of an esoteric type joke. You know, it's like only a few people would get it. Uh, so, so I just, I just went with it and, and it's just, it's very gratifying, you know, when I'm streaming 
and somebody will jump in and they'll be like, LOL, like the restaurant, <laughs> you know? So. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. That's so cool. I, I see. I didn't know the backstory with the restaurant. That's awesome. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I will get a lot of like Filipino people that come through cause, cause Bibinka is a Filipino um, dessert. It's like a, I guess you would, it's kind of like a cub cake. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to explain it exactly. And, um, and uh, they use like banana leaves and, uh, and, and it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, and so a Bibinka Han is, uh, I guess a place where you would get Bibinka from. And so that's technically what a bibinka han is. Where where the DJ comes from in the restaurant name, I have no idea. <laughs> but, you know, mm-hmm. but I feel like people also feel comfortable enough to call me DJ uh, because that already sounds like a name. So DJ or DJB. So, so it's just right. like I, I kind of just kept going with it. <laughs> your, your, your name starts with a D too, which also, which also helps. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so, wow, that all just came together beautifully. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, because it is a little difficult yeah. for people to type, you know, and it's funny because right. I'll go, I'll go into people's uh, uh, streams and I'll say what's up, and it's just kind of funny to see people like, like stutter trying to pronounce <laughs> my name. Like, well, hey, what's up? Thank you for the follow, DJ. B- 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 kur- kur- Quran, <laughs> you know, DJB. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's great. That's fantastic. Wow, so much history behind that name. That is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, have you ever had any strikes against your town? Strikes. Um. Well, uh, not necessarily. I think the only things that'll happen is like. Uh, like if I was using copyrighted music, they'll, they'll mute my stream on the VOD. Um, Ooh. that's about it. You know, like they just, you know, it's just copyrighted music. And now that the DMCA laws are much more strict, um, a lot of people are, are concerned about using copyrighted music. And, and so, um, and so that's why most people I know, they just put on like lo-fi hip hop or something, you know, those not copyrighted songs. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, I, I I know my my buddy Squeaky. She does that too. She just puts on lo-fi hip hop in the background because she's like, gotta gotta skirt past that copyright, you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but it's cool. I mean, I like that genre of music, and I think it does make for good like streaming music. Um, but I'm glad to hear that you're okay. No strikes. But does is that a worry as as a streamer? Is that one of your worries? Um, if not, what are your worries as a streamer? Hmm. Well, uh, I, I don't necessarily feel as though I'm that much in danger of strikes. I mean, I don't, I don't really have too much like TOS content. Uh, for those who are not familiar with the term TOS, it's terms of service. Mm. That's what a lot of people say on Twitch. Like, um, you know, like if you do something like, uh, well, obviously if you say a racial slur, um, oh God! <laughs> if you uh, if you show like a a, a a specific body part even accidentally, that's t- TOS. So um, mm. you know things like that. Uh, I I I I tend to sh- stray away from that. 
there there was like an alert that I had. Um, it was a meme of this guy. I don't know if any, if you're familiar with it. It's the guy that goes like, "Good night, girl. I see you tomorrow." And then he falls back and like you know he's got his shirt off so you can see him like. Uh, <laughs> you can see his you know his bare chest and i guess that's considered tos like you can't oh. you, a guy can't show uh a guy can't be with a shirt off so hmm. you know i guess they gotta keep it equal you know a girl can't be with a shirt off so i guess a guy can't be with a shirt off <laughs> so so i got I, I had to get rid of that alert yeah oh okay okay wow i didn't oh okay i did not know that that even that is just bad sure well, you know, actually, let me let me just clarify things, though. Like, one, I, I, I still feel like even though I'm going on about a year and a half into my streaming, like I'm still feeling like I'm I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still like figuring out exactly where exactly I want to take my stream and stuff like that. I have uh, monetized my stream, but it's not like to the point where, you know, like it's, um you know, something I can I can live off of, you know, <laughs> not right. not even close. But, but yeah, like there, I'm still learning new things every day. Even recently, I just like a couple of weeks ago, I, I made some adjustments to my stream that um, I felt were long overdue. And, and I'm um, actually, uh, you know, like uh, appreciating the response from my community re regarding those adjustments that I made. So, yeah, I mean, um, I enjoy it. <laughs> I enjoy the adjustments. <laughs> Thanks um cool man so uh do you think moving forward um with twitch evolving and just live stream as uh, a service evolving do you think do you think that streamers who have consistently been glued to one thing do you think they should become a little bit more open to having variety in their streams huh well here's the thing like um i People will say on Twitch, um, well, well, one thing I will say is that there is no one right path to um, growing on Twitch in that platform. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people will go um, into like they'll they they will do variety and they'll find success there. Some people will just play like Fortnite, I guess, and they'll find huge success there. Um, you know, so I think that there's multiple paths and, and find and for those that are aspiring to like get on Twitch, I think that um, really the one hurdle that a lot of people struggle with is just finding the path that suits them the best. Um, and, and a lot of people will say like, uh, you know, on Twitch, the most important thing is to be yourself. Um, for me, mm -hmm. I found that... Uh, for me, it's like the it's being myself times 10. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're being an aspect of yourself that is is real to you, but you're 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 putting that forward um, in in a in a in a way to entertain other people. So you got to be like, you know, a little a little a bit of a character while not necessarily, you know, being fake, if that makes sense. No, you know? I. Yeah, that that's one of the questions I had later on. I'll, I'll kind oh, of go okay. into it, but um, yeah, I understand that there's like that whole character to it. Like when people see people on camera, like okay, that's how they are, you know, off the camera. When when in reality, like you're not always that personality on because, sure, in my sure. opinion, 
everyone has like an on-camera personality and they have an off-camera personality. Sure. Yeah. And going back to your question about like, um, you know, what was it like? Do, do, should people be more variety or, uh, or whatnot? Uh, I think that once you find what what your persona is and what you want to build your channel on, like that should help decide like, are, is your community going there because they appreciate how you play certain types of games? Um, you know, like some people, like, for example, like a girl who, uh, I mean, I mean, it's, it's controversial, like, you know, cause a lot of people like are salty that like, you know, really attractive girls get thousands of followers a day, you know, sure. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but, but the reality is, is like, you know, it's not enough to just be attractive. Like you have to like be, be that level of attractive times 10 in the sense that you have to like fit the, you know, shape your persona around that. Like, so if you, if you want to build your channel on being an attractive girl, then you got to do the whole, like, you know, you always have to put your face on every time you stream. Oh my God. If I had to put makeup on every time (laughs) I streamed, Oh my God, I don't know if I would do it, but yeah, like you always have to have that and you have to have like the, the cute little lights that all these, um, you know, female streamers have and the, the plushies in the background. I, I mean, I'm not saying you have to do that, but that's what a lot of the, um, uh, streamers that I know, uh, they, they do that because that's like, that's their character and they're going into that where, you know, and then there's, uh, you know, those guys that, that build their stream around being competitive, uh, esports type players where they, you know, they're just really good at one game. And so, and so in that sense, then variety probably wouldn't work so well for them. They would, they would go deeper into, um, just that specific game and they would see like, uh, uh, if their community um, is playing, you know, like if they were like deep into Call of Duty, of course, they would shift into other FPS games if they wanted to, you know, find some variety. But uh, but yeah, so I guess that's that's that that would be my um, if 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 someone was like, should I do variety? Well, my my suggestion would be uh figure out what your community would respond to the most based on who you are and what your content is like. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. That's a good point because you, again, at the end of the day, you want to be yourself as you just mentioned earlier and you want to be true to what you like, what you play. Mm -hmm. I feel it. No, that's, that's great. Um, have you ever experienced any challenges as a variety streamer? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Twitch, Twitch is of of like it's constant. It's constantly a challenge. I think you know there are times when I'll stream. It was even like maybe a couple months ago, and I was telling my wife uh, about this. How I just, even though I was enjoying my streams, um, and uh, I was, you know, I was getting um i was getting a lot of interaction with you know i was building friendships uh and playing with a lot of friends i was looking at my metrics though and i realized that i wasn't netting many uh, new viewers and new follows and i wasn't doing any growth Mm. and so when i realized that i was like yeah just this just feels like a like it just feels like i'm not doing um i'm not doing enough and i think that's kind of where I needed to realize I needed to shift my focus. And, and so I think that's always the challenge is like trying to recognize when you need to, what you need to adjust and, 
and uh, wrapping your head around it because there's so many different aspects to Twitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely true. I think you have a good point. Um, I think, and you mentioned earlier that you're still figuring things out as a as a streamer, as a variety streamer. So, a lot of right. room for growth for you. So that's great. Yeah. Um, have you ever felt burnt out from streaming? Um. Yes and no. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Yes, in the sense that you know, if there there are times when like work starts to ramp up, um, uh, studies might get in the way, uh, you know, um, or if maybe I I just don't really feel like um, playing a specific game that uh, that I that people have been wanting to see. Uh, uh-huh. sometimes I just don't feel like playing it. You know, sometimes there's just times when you just don't feel like playing video games. Right. Yes. Um, but you know, it's, it's just really a matter of like consistency and, um, uh, and also, uh, I think, I think some of the big things that I had to, um, overcome in that sense was just, uh, just, basically uh choosing the games that um that i know I, I i'd enjoy unfortunately that also plays into like my choice of like certain games that i i want to purchase you know like there's some mm. games that i won't buy because they're uh just single long single player campaigns and uh not a lot of people tend to like watching those games on on twitch as much as they do like multiplayer games um so so there's that yeah, no, absolutely. I, I totally understand that. Um, so we talked about like your on-camera personality and your and your off-camera personality and how when the cameras are rolling, you kind of have to feel like you have to be an extended version of yourself, like you plus a little bit more, right? Yeah. Do you feel like that's challenging to do every time you turn the camera on? Or do you feel like you you're starting to become more of yourself as opposed to this extended version of yourself? Yeah, you know, I I do feel that is challenging, um, especially when say like say sometimes you might start a stream and uh, there's no no viewers, and a lot of people, especially when they start out, they'll stream to no zero viewers, you know, um, yeah, or maybe one or two. Um, I think that. Uh, when it's ultimately it just comes down to like practicing so if if you if there's nobody in chat you know they always say still be yourself still do um still do do you talk as you know create content don't try not to leave too much dead dead space you know keep the conversation flowing you know i think it's similar to uh podcasting you know and i'm sure you would know like you know you want to you want to make sure that people um, are hearing a flowing discussion. If you have like these long pauses in the discussion, you want to either edit those out or just try to uh, alleviate those issues. So I think mm. the same way is with, um, with Twitch streams, um, you know, the, you want to always have content that as much as you possibly can, you know, just uh, keep the content flowing. However, that may be. Yeah, no, you you bring up a good point because I dabble in Twitch streaming. I 
I really only stream Dead by Daylight whenever I my team and I want to do something for charity. Like we'll, yeah. all of us will stream. Um, we'll try to raise as much money as possible from our individual streams. And I usually have like one or two people in there, but like they don't really talk to me. They're just like lurking, and I'm I'm still talking. You know, I'm talking to both my teammates, but I'm also like trying to talk to the chat if anyone's there. Um, and you you have to just be on all the time. You just have to. It's like a solo podcast almost. You just have to keep vamping until something sure. happens, you know? <laughs> um, so when the cameras turn off, what do you do? How do you feel? Oh, <laughs> I feel a wave of relief, honestly. <laughs> even if it was a great stream or even if it was a bad stream, I just feel so relieved because it's like, okay, I can relax. I can take a deep breath. <laughs> I can uh, I can uh, um, get some food. Um, some streamers eat on their streams. I don't particularly feel comfortable eating while people are watching me on my streams. So, you know, like, I guess if I do like a five, six hour stream, that's five, six hours of not eating anything. Um, so, so yeah, like that's, that's how I feel. Sometimes I'll just, uh, I'll just, uh, put on lighter clothes and just veg out for a good hour or so, you know, just, just, just get, just feel all the relief. <laughs> No, I get it because your your personality was like on for however many hours, and now yeah. you can just like say nothing to no one. You could just sit there and be like, uh, <laughs> you right. know, yeah, I, you know, like a a Twitch stream is kind of like it's kind of like hosting a party. You know, you want sure. people to come through, and and it's 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 enjoyable when a lot of your friends come through, and you know, you're but you're hosting. You're the one entertaining everybody. You're the one like keeping them making sure that they have a good time, you know? And even though that's great and a lot of people like that, you know, after, you know, after it's all said and done, it's still a relief, you know? And you just kind of, you're like in cool down mode and I guess you have to clean up or whatever. For me, it's like putting away my instruments and all my sound equipment and stuff like that. But, but yeah, that that's, it's kind of a similar feeling. Yeah, no, that that's a really good analogy. I like that. Yeah. Um, so on that note, when you're not streaming, what do you do in your spare time? What do you do for fun? Well, I I do play just some games offline with mostly with uh, my my Twitch friends, um, you know, mm. other streamers, um, and and in that way, I think that's important because that that helps build community. Um, you know, if you play with other Twitch streamers, they'll be more they'll like be more open to you know checking your stream out when you stream. And, uh, and, you know, also supporting them as well, like um, going into their streams and saying what's up and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Other than that, um, uh, hmm. well, like we're, we're, we're stuck indoors these days trying to stay safe from uh, um, the pandemic. So and most fires. Of what, <laughs> yes, and fires. So most of my, the activities I, I do are are not that interesting. I mean, uh, the wifey and I have been doing some Tai Chi lately <laughs> just to try to, uh, uh, you know, improve, improve, do some healthy activities. So, yeah, no, that is, that's interesting. Yeah. Cool, man. Um, and my last final question is, uh, do you have any advice for those looking to become a streamer? Hmm. Well, I guess other than what we've touched on, I, I would go, I would 
maybe go a little bit deeper into the whole aspect of um of just kind of being real and being yourself uh and i'll share like a story was kind of like a revelation that i had while i was streaming um you know and this was like maybe about six months into uh streaming on twitch and i wasn't seeing like that much growth or i would you know um i would meet some people but i would it would be difficult to uh you know build community um and uh and so i had a really bad day at work that day oh it was <laughs> i was streaming after work and uh you know like the telling I, I was telling my girlfriend um like my wife now at that time uh i was just telling her about it and she's probably the only person that i would tell about like that that day what happened at work i wouldn't bore strangers with that story you know but for whatever reason, like I shared that story while I was streaming. I don't even really remember what I was streaming, but I was just talking about how like I went into work and um, uh, some of my coworkers had decided that they wanted to uh, uh, swap around some of the cu cubicles. And mm -hmm. so my computer and all my personal items were just moved to the other side of the office without no notification or whatever. Um not clearing it with me they just decided to you know unplug all my things and move what the it hell? to the other end of the office right and and so i walk in and then i'm just like oh okay i guess i have to sit here now <laughs> you know and which is you know it's it's not i guess in some ways it's not that big of a deal like you know it's just an office and and if did i want to make like a big deal out of it i don't know it just felt very like passive and um, it is kind of pissed me off and I just, uh, that's just kind of like how I felt about work that day. And so I shared that, that in my stream and I realized like people, um, who I get, who maybe were just lurking, they chime in and they start talking about similar experiences, uh, in their work. Um, and then I was, uh, supporting another friend of mine who's also a streamer and he was carrying on like a bit of conversation about how something like that happened to him at his job. So, and I realized at that point that it was like, you know, like people can watch you play a certain game and they can hear you talk about the game, but they're not really learning about you. And, you know, like they can hear anybody talk about a specific game. Like when you tell personal information, when you let people know like stories that are unique to you and they get to know you more, then then you know they feel more a part of your community and they start to understand who you are as a person and so at that point i realized okay i can i can just say i can just tell random stories that come to the top of my head on stream and you know it's my stream whatever so if nobody nobody cares about those stories whatever at least i'm still talking about something so so i think that that was my revelation when it comes down to like being real on stream and like um and just talking about talking about things that maybe I, I yeah like I said I wouldn't bore a stranger with that story you know but hey I mean if someone's in my stream if they like that story fine if they don't have any connection with that story that's okay too at least at least they're hearing it you know what I'm saying at least they're they're uh, getting to know me a little bit more so yeah yeah so wow. yeah yeah, just just um, so going back to your question, just yeah, just uh, being you and not being afraid to like talk about things that just come to your mind, like, and 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 saying um, 
and uh, and 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 going into your skills as well, D- tapping into your skill set. Like I said, like I I do sound, so um, a lot of my skills revolve around sound, and uh, I I help other Twitch streamers sometimes when they ask me about like mixers and what types of microphones to get and and all that stuff and how to adjust the levels on their on their sound um, on their streams, you know. So building community and not being afraid to to be you and talk about you. I think those are my biggest uh, suggestions when it comes to um, encouraging people who want to know more about streaming. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Um, So, yeah, a lot of it is being yourself, but also, you know, adding a little bit of entertainment in there as well. Sure. (laughs) Cool, man. Well, thank you for answering all those questions. I hope those weren't too difficult. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, we've been going for two hours now. Um, I did want to talk about some other things, but I, I will save it for a next podcast that I okay. have with you because uh, I think w- uh, it's a little bit more. I think it's going to take another hour for us to talk about these things, but <laughs> th- I'm not trying to make this a three hour podcast. Sure, sure, um, sure. Um, so some housekeeping things on my end. Um, if you would like to talk with us on discord you can look in the description of this video um, for our discord link where you can join our server and talk with us about everything from like anime to video games to movies um you can follow us on twitter downtime at um at downtime live you can also go to our website www.downtime.live um you can click on the uh contact form button to submit a, a question or comment that way you can um you can also send us an email the old-fashioned way, contact at downtime.live, um, and we'll read that comment or question on the podcast. You can leave us um, a comment wherever this podcast is hosted. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and we will also read that review on the podcast. Um, some fun updates I have. As of today, we are now on Google Podcasts, and as of five minutes ago, we are now on Spotify, which is super exciting. We've Ooh, been actually congrats. trying to get on... Thank you. We've been trying to get on Spotify for a few years now, and, and now it finally happened. Um, so that's exciting. Um, and uh, that's it for me. DJB, where can people find you? <laughs> uh, so you can uh, obviously go to my Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash Babinkahan. That's D-J-B-I-B-I-N-K-A-H-A-N. <laughs> 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 and also uh-huh. on instagram twitter and also um uh i uh, i also am a co-host on uh, the bostos podcast um which is a podcast where we talk about uh people who uh are uh people of color um who make waves in the entertainment industry um we had an interview with uh joey Gia, a comedian filipino-american comedian and also the uh, asian-american r&b group kai um but yeah so you can check that out as well the bossless podcast and uh and yeah links to all dj's djb stuff that you just talked about will also be in the description of wherever this podcast will be hosted so you guys can click there you don't have to remember what he just said <laughs> i was actually just <laughs> testing you to see if you remembered the spelling <laughs> and you got it right so that's good yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, well, DJ, thank you for the opportunity, bro. I really appreciate it. No, I would love to have you back on the podcast if that's available to you. Oh yeah, man, this has been great. 
Awesome, dude. Well, thanks, DJB, for being on the podcast. This has been episode 144 of Downtime Podcast. Everyone, take care. Stay safe. Have a good one.